nine o'clock. There were no injuries. The specialist chemical response team from Hemel Hempstead attended, along with crews from Royston, Bulldog, Hitchin and Stevenage. A US soldier who had mental health problems has killed three people at an American army base in Texas. He took his own life following the shootings at Fort Hood. 16 people were wounded. The UKIP leader, Nigel Farage, appears to have bolstered his position ahead of next month's European elections, following his two TV debates with the Deputy Prime Minister Nick Clegg. Polls taken immediately after the second one-hour clash last night show Mr Farage winning by an even greater margin than he did after their first debate. Cycling clubs in Hertfordshire are criticising the state of the county's roads ahead of high-profile events, with one club secretary warning of man-eating potholes. The Women's Tour of Britain arrives next month, with the Men's Tour in Hemel Hempstead in September. More from you and Duncan. Hertfordshire's roads are under scrutiny, with the two major cycling events coming to the three counties. Local cycling clubs have a close-up view of the problems, with cyclists from Stevenage CTC described as bouncing from pothole to pothole in a recent event. The riders tend to find better conditions even on some of the minor roads over the county boundary in Essex, according to club secretary Jim Brown. But the general consensus is that money will be spent improving the routes in Beds, Hearts and Bucks that the professionals will be using in the weeks ahead. Firefighters in Milton Keynes tackled the blaze in a sports pavilion roof last night. They were called to Frithwood Crescent in Kent's Hill at 7.15. The fire was caused by a ventilation motor. The Queen will meet Pope Francis for the first time this afternoon. She and the Duke of Edinburgh will be in Rome at the invitation of the Italian president. In sport, Chelsea face an uphill task to reach the Champions League semi-finals after a 3-1 first leg defeat away to Paris Saint-Germain. The weather, some hazy sunshine this morning but cloudy this afternoon with isolated showers, a maximum temperature 18 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. The old railway used to run through here years ago and a lot of people remember that. It's all about where you live. I do know a lot of people in Shefford from oh, yes. when I was younger than that. And all this week we're featuring Shefford and Chicksands. Friendly, especially the people who are established here. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about this morning. Well, I say that. We've got some we got some to talk about this morning. Residents try to shut down a shelter. The tour of Britain could be a bumpy ride. And childminders accused of failing to prepare your kids for school. Mm, uh, mm, e- yeah, that's because they're your kids. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or can we get phone calls this morning? I like phone calls. It's better when you call it, isn't it, guys? Yes! Whoa! That was almost um, spontaneous. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. Yep. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. You're live. Your mics are live. Brilliant. Woo! Party time, guys. It's party time. What other show? Party time. Oh. What other um, breakfast show um, uh, is so... Really starts the show bang just after six o'clock. Hot. 
Okay, from from heart. Absolute. Okay, put heart and absolute to one. Yeah, put those to one side. Ready, one, two. Apart from extra. Okay, so lots of them do. Turns out, I thought it was my I thought it was my uh, USP. Anyway, what's your point? This morning we're celebrating the magic of '90s ladies. We had we're having '90s week here on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's not as naff as it sounds because it's my idea. And today was a '90s word. And today we are celebrating '90s ladies. Now um, we're all excited by this. We've got Republica coming up next. Catherine and I have had a good old chat about Safi, Saffron, lovely Saffron. Oh. Uh, I've just tweeted her. I nearly did a radio show with her. I just remembered. We nearly did a radio show together. Yeah, I know. Um, so we're going to play some of that. That would have been great. What would, happened? Well, it didn't happen. Um, we're going to play oh. some Elastica. Yeah, I'm looking up Echo Belly. I wouldn't. I tell you what, I wouldn't mind. What? There's a, a group called Belly, and their song "Feed the Tree." That was a great '90s song. Are they girls? She's a girl. Yeah. Uh, okay, I've got my own plans, but well, well, what's your what's, what's your plan? Elastica. Yeah, we've got we're, we're having Elastica. You got that one, yeah? Echo Belly. Yeah. Sleeper. Well, you're gonna have to get rid of one of those because otherwise, then it's the Catherine Boyle show. Uh, hello. I'd like to hear what the listeners have to say. Well, no, you, no, 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 we don't. Well, you can, oh, you can call nine, four, four double five. five, five you five, really five. do do that. Now it's been pointed out. And I think you've started doing it as well, Catherine. What are you talking about? Um, Ke- Kelly texted me yesterday. I ignored all of your texts. Thank you. Um, what was your suggestion for 90s girl music? So I have lots of suggestions. What was the one you texted me? The one that came to my mind that I really like, Alicia's Attic. Oh, oh dear. Come on. Wowzers. Wowzers. Well, I am a Come on, you know you like it. I'm going to put it in. Sing it again. I'm going to put it in and d- call it travel. Okay, well then I'll so stop you it. You have to play it. Well, no, I'll stop it. Yeah, but I'll still hear a note. Sing a bit. I am a film. I, I sometimes think that you Don't forget. forget. That's exactly how it sounds. I quite liked Alicia's Attic until I saw them on um, This Morning once with Richard and Judy, and they were dead common. They're someone's daughters, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they're sisters. Well, yeah, but they're so someone's they're the daughters. Yeah. It's like, um, it's not Marty Wilde, that's Kim Wilde. It's not Mickey Most. They're someone's daughters. Let's listen to Republica. And here's your starter for ten. Who were Alicia's Attic's dads? <laughs>
celebrating the magic of 90s ladies. So much to choose from. We're, gonna, we, we're arguing about Elastica and um, Echo Belly and Belly and Sleeper and uh, we, we are not playing Alicia's Attic. Lots and lots to play. We, we, we might carry some of this over to, to tomorrow if you've got any suggestions. 08459 455 555. And just, just a quick question. That song there, where did it take you back to? It, it took uh, Catherine Kelly and myself back to three different periods in their life. It took me back to being about 24. I just spent three months working in Pakistan. I was starved of music and I came back... And I bought that. I bought Olive, and I bought Hanson. Well, let's go down the line. Where did you, where did it take you to? Like first year of university. Gosh. And Kelly, what, where did that song take you to? The womb. Wowzers. Wowzers. Now, people living near a homeless shelter in Milton Keynes are trying to convince the council to close it down permanently. The future of St Mungo's in Bletchley will be decided tonight, with local residents arguing that the 16 to 21-year-olds it houses are making their lives a misery with drug-taking and criminal behaviour. Well, one of the shelter's neighbours, Kerry, has been talking to our reporter, Matt Lockwood. They are very noisy, take a lot of drugs, they drink, very rude. The person that runs it hasn't got a clue they just don't listen to him been over there a few times i've got children have to get off of school they're out there early hours in the morning shouting screaming they're just basically rude why is there no control in place um they just don't seem to listen to anybody they've just got no one there they haven't got a curfew they're allowed just to walk in and out they've just got no respect Right, so have you gone over there and says this is not acceptable and, and what's been the response? All you get is we talk to them and they don't listen and what can they do? It they must do. be very frustrating as a parent of a, a young child. It is, yeah. The police don't seem to do anything. They try, but the same thing, they either arrest them out the next day or caution, same thing. But these young people need somewhere to go. They are vulnerable, they are homeless. Yeah. I mean, what do you say to those people who say, you know, they need somewhere to go? Yeah, it's not all of them, that's the thing. They have a few in there and the rest get labelled. But the ones that are trouble, they should go somewhere else. It's not fair on the others that are trying. And, you know, some of them are respectful. It's not all of them. It's just a group of them. But they've just got no control over them. And do other people in the neighbourhood, you know, share your concerns? Yes, they did as uh, quite a lot of old people in the neighbourhood they're very rude to the old people if they ask to keep the tone down they're rude, they're just no control The shelter is not in a secluded area, is it? You know, It's not tucked away, you, you've got a school as you say, you've got elderly people living yeah. here you've got opposite the shelter mums like yourself with young children That's right, I mean at three o'clock sometimes there used to be a group of them sitting outside the language was discussing and they don't care about the young ones they used to go over the school gates, drink throw bottles, smoke drugs and it's left there for the children for the next day and how bad do things get? I mean, does it get worse in the summer compared to the winter? Yeah, summertime is quite bad. They sit outside till late, drinking, swearing, motorbikes coming past, cars beeping, drug dealing outside their door. And there's a camera there, so everything's been seen. I mean, if you report it and they find out who reported it, they smash your windows. They put things on your car. They leak petrol out of people's car. Um, someone down the road got abuse. They're just... Um, someone down the end actually caught him breaking into his work van. When we've been to the meetings, um, a lot of us, have, quite a lot of us went, but it's the same thing. They just don't seem to do nothing. The thing is, if you go there as well and some of them turn up, 
then they know who's there complaining. So some of the neighbours don't like to do it. Well, we'll be getting St Mungo's side of this story in an hour's time. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a quarter past six. Let's get the travel news. Is this the new travel bed? Yeah. Quite like this, quite funky. It's Alicia's attic. It's Alicia's attic. Oh, is it? That get into the system. Idiot. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. I was kind of enjoying that. On to the Don't road, encourage on... her, Glosser. <laughs> Just do the travel, all right? In Dunstable, the A5 northbound, looking heavier than usual at the moment, uh, just after the turn for Houghton Regis. Also in Luton, London Road is heavy, approaching the Kidneywood roundabout to join the motorway. Between St Albans and Sandridge, the Sandridge Road looking heavy in both directions as you go through Marshallswick. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just not at my best first thing in the morning. Goodness sakes. 6.16. It's Thursday, the 3rd of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. I must warn you, uh, the, these headla- headlines do contain the phrase man eating potholes, just to uh, flag that up. The future of a homeless shelter for young people in Milton Keynes, which has a history of anti-social behaviour, will be decided tonight. Nearby residents have complained about drinking and vandalism at St Mungo's in St George's Street in Bletchley. Cycling clubs in Hertfordshire are criticising the state of the county's roads ahead of high-profile events, with one club secretary warning of... Man-eating potholes. And in sport, Chelsea lost 3-1 away to Paris Saint-Germain in the first leg of their Champions League quarter-final. BBC's Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from three, Roberto Peroni. You told 580 gags in one hour. Can I yeah. test you for one minute? I spent the whole year trying to get into classical music. It took the four seasons. Weekdays from three. We heard from Neil earlier on. He claims he was discriminated against and asked to leave a pub because he injected himself in public in full view. Insulin keeps my son alive, OK? If he doesn't inject, he'll die. Roberto Peroni. And I just thank you for the services that you do on here to help people like myself. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. I click my heels together. Why? Can you just stop it? Sorry, mate. We're celebrating 90s um, girl pop, girl pop, yeah. okay, but it's kind of on the fringes mm. of it, so the indie side of it. Yeah. So we're not having Alicia's attic. We, I've worked out, by the way, they're Brian Poole's daughter. Oh, off of the tremolos. Correct. Local resident, local and vocal. Wow. And uh, one of the girls has gone on to write hits for Kylie Minogue. No way. Oh, you've just made me think of someone else who was brilliant in the 90s. Go on. Who now writes hits for all sorts of other people. Yeah. Danny. No, the, that one from Norwich. Kathy. Um, Kathy Dennis. Kathy Dennis. <gasps> right, OK. I'm so, getting it. No, right. We've we got two. We've got. We've already got five songs oh, queued up. Shush, for the re- then, and play one. No. What we'll do Go is we'll, we'll carry these over. Tomorrow. To, to tomorrow. So tomorrow we'll have the best... We'll, we'll have the sides of a cow wonder stuff, the best of the ones that we couldn't play. And then what I'll do is I'll speak to... Um, I am well in with the bosses at the moment. I am flavour of the month. So I'll speak to the bosses about us becoming a 90s station. <laughs> yeah? You reckon? Mm. OK, fine. Let's have a bit... Should we have some Echo Belly? Yeah. I love this song. <laughs>
if suddenly I'm a, I'm a young man and the world is full of possibility and optimism and I'm not stuck in a dead-end job that involves getting up at four o'clock every morning. Remember when the whole country got a spit and polish ahead of the Olympics? Oh, hang on, they were only really bothered with the bits the cameras, camera crews could see, weren't they? Well, it, it could happen again a bit, you see. Cycling's tour of Britain is coming to our patch, with the women racing through Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire next month, while the men head for Buckinghamshire and Hertfordshire in September. The problem is, our roads are, well, you've probably noticed, they're rubbish. They're a dangerous embarrassment. That's according to local cycling clubs. They say that someone's liable to come a cropper unless the council gets cracking. We've heard the phrase, manny potholes used this morning. Can you get your thoughts on this? 08459 455555. Joined now by Carol Brazier, Club Secretary of South Hart CTC, and Graham Knight, Secretary of the Hertfordshire Wheelers, based in Ware. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Car- Good morning. Carol, how bad are the roads? Um, I think they're worse this winter following the bad weather that we've had over the last two winters. We noticed that a lot of um, suburban roads and country roads do have a lot of broken bits at the edges and they're quite dangerous when it's been raining and you can't actually see into the potholes. Graham, worse, worse than usual, do you think? Uh, worse than usual, but I, I think there's been a long history of uh, rather shoddy and short-term maintenance, particularly in Hertfordshire, and uh, the, the, the roads are sort of ripe for potholes as soon as you get a frost or, or any rain because they've been so poorly maintained in the past. What do you think, uh, Graham? that professional riders would make of, of, of these roads? They'd be able to cope with them, wouldn't they? Well, um, of course, if the, the, the ones who are used to riding uh, outside Britain are used to riding on very, very good roads. Ah. Uh, and I, I noticed uh, that uh, Laura Trott, who, who's based in Chesson, where I live, rode the stage of the women's tour that starts in Chesson, and there's a, a part of that route that goes through a village which rejoices in the name of Cold Christmas, which she said was very, very dangerous. And indeed, it's the sort of road that I wouldn't even really want to, to ride on just as a, a leisure ride. It, the surface has almost disappeared. It's, it's mud, it's gravel, it's potholes, um, loose surfaces. It's an uh, absolute nightmare, really. Carol, do your, um, your members and your friends, do they come back with tales of uh, punctures and, and injuries and things? Um, I wouldn't say we've had any injuries recently, but um, we we find that it impacts us that when we're riding on the country roads that um, we get um, hassled by motorists when we appear to swerve into their paths sometimes because we're just trying to you know avoid the mm. the debris and the potholes at the side of the road. I think the motorists sometimes don't realise that cyclists can't just ride through potholes as a as a car tire might. A grunt of recognition from you, Graham. Yes, <laughs> yes, I think that's that's one of the problems that. Uh, the, the, the county don't seem to realise how much danger they're putting cyclists in just because of having to avoid these potholes. And unfortunately, you also have to avoid the repairs quite often because mm. uh, they're almost as bad as the potholes that were there in the first place, but just slightly less visible. I guess the thing is, uh, is the cost. If I've got my figures right, um, Graham and Carol, if Buckinghamshire, to fix all of the uh, potholes on the roads in Buckinghamshire would cost £120 million... The government budget for the entire country's potholes is two hundred million pounds. So I, I guess it, it, it's not that high up on the council's lists of priorities. Um, well, 
I'm sure there's always a shortage of money, but uh, it seems to me that if you're short of money, the, the important thing is to spend the money sensibly and not just waste it on r repeatedly bodging up holes that you have to come back to in uh, a few months' time. Uh, I, I do quite a lot of cycling in Essex, and the road surfaces there are significantly better than they are in Hertfordshire because they seem, when they uh, get a poor road, to, to do a proper job put a proper hard surface down on it and uh, roll it flat and then it lasts for quite a long time. Carol, I'm not a cyclist. I'm uh, a very, very lazy man. Uh, the, the, the cycling tour of Britain, what exactly is it and how big a deal is it? Um, the cycling tour of Britain is something that's um, it's only recently been introduced, I think, into the UK. And um, it's when, I think, the ladies tour, um, they've got five days that they're coming through and the... I think it'll be good for spectator sport, but um, we haven't really noticed any impact in the number of people who want to get on their bikes and ride mm. following that sort of event. It's great. You know, it's a spectacle. It's like a lot of people will, will watch football, but they don't actually go running around on a pitch on a Sunday morning. That's odd, Graham, a spectator sport. It, it, it's surely just lots of, lots of people whizzing past very quickly and then, and then you're, you're done as a spectator, aren't you? Yeah, more or less, yes, that's right. Um, they tend to put through... Um, uh, people before and afterwards to kind of make it a bit more interesting. But um, cycling, I, I think, possibly isn't the best spectator sport, really. Graham, would you agree? Well, it's free. That's uh, I, an advantage. I, I like that. Uh, I, I mean, it's. Uh, I, I, I think the route through Hertfordshire is, is not particularly spectacular, but um, quite often you do find there's a, a steep hill somewhere and uh, you get quite a few people congregating to cheer the riders on as they go up the hill. They're, they're, and and they're, they're on the other side, Graham, waiting for people to fall off, aren't they? Oh, uh, I don't think so, because... Uh, from you're very unlikely to be oh. in the right place for that. It's not oh. like motor racing where you could stand on a corner and they come round ten times. But uh. Graham, listen, we end it there. Thank you very much. Graham Knight, Secretary of the Hertfordshire Wheelers, and Carol Brazier, Club Secretary of the South Hearts CTC. 08459 455 555 is the telephone. I don't particularly want to do a, uh, a phone-in about potholes. I know lots of pothole stories. You have lots of pothole stories. As, as radio goes, you calling in and telling me about potholes is not the greatest thing. But if you're a cyclist, how dangerous is it out there on the roads at the moment? What on earth are you two doing? I've just remembered McCormick and Butler. Oh, that was good. What yes, was their I, song? Yes. Yes, I do feel better. This one. Well, listen, when, I, when, when we get the station turned to a 90s station, BBC Three Counties 90s, BBC yeah. 90s... Counties. BBC 90s Counties. Yeah. Um, we can play that all the time. OK. All okay, the time. I'll hold you to that. OK, let's get the travel news. Oh. Hear, at least the chorus. It's but nothing happens The big bad wolf Still in my bed I am, I feel Can you have a word with her, Catherine? Well, not really, I just joined in Travel news for beds, cards and bugs BBC Three Counties Radio In where the A10 northbound Looking heavy as you approach the West Mill Road also on the sensors, the A1M southbound starting to build up around Junction 7 for Stevenage. Things are a bit busy in Luton between the M1 and the A6. Uh, Bancroft Road is looking heavy as you head towards the A6. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The future of a homeless shelter for young people in Milton Keynes, which has a history of antisocial behaviour, will be decided tonight. Nearby residents have complained about drinking and vandalism at St Mungo's in St George's Street in Bletchley. Firefighters from across Hertfordshire dealt with a chemical spillage at an industrial unit in Royston last night. They were called to Orchard Road at 6.45 by a member of staff after a spillage of 800 litres of chemicals. And cycling clubs in Hertfordshire are criticising the state of the county roads ahead of high-profile events. The Women's Tour of Britain arrives next month with the Men's Tour in Hemel Hempstead in September. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Chelsea face an uphill task to reach the Champions League semi-finals after a 3-1 first leg defeat away to Paris Saint-Germain. Here's John Murray. Well, it can be done. Indeed, it was done the season before last at Stamford Bridge when Chelsea came from 3-1 down to win their last 16 tie against Napoli along the way to their famous eventual triumph in Munich. And that, a Napoli team featuring Cavani and Lavezzi, who will now return there with PSG. Zlatan Ibrahimovic looks unlikely to be there with them, though, after he injured a hamstring. However, Chelsea will need to overturn the feeling there was last night that that was a breakthrough match for the new power that is Paris Saint-Germain. Also last night, Gareth Bale and Cristiano Ronaldo were among the scorers as Real Madrid beat Dortmund 3-0. Milton Keynes-Don's faint playoff hopes are fading fast after Peterborough beat Colchester 2-0 last night to strengthen their position in sixth in League One. Peterborough six points clear of the Dons with a game in hand. Davis Cup tennis captain Leon Smith will announce this morning whether James Ward or Dan Evans will be Great Britain's second singles player for the quarter-final with Italy in Naples, which gets underway tomorrow. And in racing, the three-day Grand National meeting starts at Aintree today. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at seven. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Boom, shakalaka. I'm enjoying uh, this little uh, trip down 90s memory musical lane. Musical memory... Um, uh, um, I'm enjoying the memories. This memory is, Street. I, I'm really enjoying uh, buying this new house in Memory Street with you. <laughs> it's fun, isn't it? Yeah. Um, should I'm we not have sure a, we got planning permission. Uh, screw, screw those guys. We'll just knock it up and then we'll knock it down. Yeah. Uh, should we have another one? Go on. Uh, now, Elastica. Yeah. Who is she? Was um, Justin Frischman. She, and she was going out with Damon Orban from. There we go. You see, Look they were that. a power couple. They were a power couple. Then he, I think he, I think I think he let her down a little bit. I don't know. She seemed like a really feisty sort of woman, and I wouldn't mess with her. Well, but he did. But there were crazy times, and they were young. Who knows? Who knows? Oh, I forgot this bit. <laughs> Sounds like Krypton Factor. It gets worse. Wait oh. for this bit. The Bon Tempe organ. Beautiful.
So Farage won. Did he? Well, uh, I tell you who didn't win. Any sucker that watched that that <laughs> boring debate last night. Farage versus Clegg, round two. I was this uh, time it's personal. Uh, I was this time he wasn't so sweaty. I watched three minutes of it and I thought, what on earth am I doing watching these two boring idiots talking a load of old rubbish? So I then watched a documentary about Rocky Erickson. Oh, who's Rocky Erickson? He was uh, a, a rock singer in the 1960s in a band called the 13th Floor Elevators. Uh, he took a lot of drugs, had a lot of uh, electroconvulsive therapy, oh, and dear. has got a bonkers mum, and now he's bonkers. Oh. Um, and it was, it was very depressing. OK. But it, it was more enriching than watching two millionaires talking about something that actually I don't think is that important. I don't think Europe is that important in the great scheme of things. It's certainly not very high up on um, Q. Jeffrey calling in. It's certainly not very high up on people's priorities. Well, some people do like it. It's one of the things I like to thump their tubs about. It's it, it's good for tub thumping. It's a bugbear, but it's nothing more... Let's, I'm going to ask the question, and we, we won't get any phone calls on this. Are you bothered about Europe? Is it in your top three political gripes? 08459 Q, no phone calls apart from one from Geoffrey that we won't allow to last more than 10 seconds. I like how you're queuing the phone calls. I yeah. didn't realise that that's the way you did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the, a puppet master. Literally no phone, no, nothing, oh, nothing coming. Doing in. as you suggested. Yeah. Not phoning. So you're a sucker if you watched it. Lots in the papers today. Luckily, the Daily Mail has, has got two stories that were in the Express yesterday that we wanted to do and forgot to do. Oh, yeah, go on. Make hay while the sun shines. Family defend woman who went on a spree after the council accidentally gave her £52,000. The family of a woman who went on a huge shopping spree after 52... Th- what was that? <laughs> it was if it was my teeth. They come in loose. Yeah. One, well, push them back up. It was, you know, sometimes your tongue does that thing. It was doing that thing. Sorry, carry on. I've, I've never heard it happen when there's not something else in your mouth or someone's mouth. It was just a bit of a squeak. I've heard it when on. someone's eating a sausage. <laughs> the family of a woman who went on a huge shop. It was very loud. I know. And, uh, I'm that, very close to the mic because I was reading the paper. It was, uh, it was very loud and I thought, oh, I'm going to be a gentleman and let that one go. I thought, no, I can't because my <laughs> listeners would expect me to challenge that. 
And, um, it's just an odd mouth noise, sorry. I won't do it again. The family of a woman who went on a huge shopping spree after £52,000 was accidentally transferred into her account yesterday, sprang to her defence, claiming she was just making hay while the sun shines. Or, 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 or as I like to call it, stealing. It's stealing, isn't it? If money gets transferred into your bank, however tempting it is, you're, you can't touch it. You have to... I, you I, know... And that someone else is going to find out that that's not your money, surely. She simply seized a good opportunity and did what any other young person would have done in her uh, situation. No. Michaela Hutchings, 23, spent nine grand on expensive designer shoes, handbags and sunglasses. Because that's what's important. In a two-day spending splurge. Two days to spend night. It's like Brewster's millions all over again. <laughs> Instead of reporting the error, as the law require, requires, she also gave her mum £1,000 in cash and put £40,000 into a savings account before she was caught by police. Her, <laughs> her mum's just as bad. Surely your mum would want to know where the money came from and would be the voice of reason. Surely that's the mum's job. Her grandmother, uh, her grandfather, Roy Hutchings, 71, who lives with his wife in Litchfield in Staffordshire, said she didn't think what she was doing was illegal. Well, I'm afraid uh, it is, and everyone knows it's illegal. Oh dear! I mean, uh, bless her. I don't know what's happened to her. Has she gone? Um, she won't go to prison for it, will she? She's been found guilty of dishonesty and retaining a wrongly credited bank transfer when she appeared at Stafford on Crown Court on Monday. Oh dear. Um, she'd been encouraged to spend by her boyfriend. Uh, 12, 12 month community order and told to carry out 150 hours of unpaid work. Well, that's probably about. Probably, so she's earning her 50 grand. She's earning it. She's earning, well, bless. I mean, but, but yes, you know, she took a chance and she got caught. What would what would you do, dear listener, if you um, uh, if you had to uh, if suddenly 50 grand popped up in your bank account, would you spend it? I think I would have to ask someone. I'd have to get in co- contact with the council and say. Then I'd go very very quiet for about a month. Yeah. Then it's yours, isn't it? Okay. What well, I. <laughs> Because you've tried. <laughs> what I would do, 50 grand pops up in my bank. Uh, my initial reaction is, and this may change after some thought, is say nothing and don't touch it for six months. Six months? Six months. Say nothing. Don't touch it for six months. And then, you know, buy some CDs. But what's she been done for? Not declaring it. You've got to say. Yeah. She, yes. She's, uh, yes. You've got to pipe up. What would you do? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number couple of people falling foul of the internet in yep. the uh, sun page 27 if you want to read along <laughs> <laughs> teacher axed for feral kid twit rant what a teacher was sacked after insulting her pupils on twitter branding them feral she also called one girl cow face and tweeted a photo of another pupil's work and wrote <laughs> douchey year eight now you oh, kind of wonder no. at the sort of person who's teaching our children whether they actually are one of the children i mean who douchey year eight um she's 30 years old uh, from illfield community college in crawley west sussex not sure i have the energy or desire to teach feral kids all day what the f is wrong with crawley children oh dear um, and then underneath that story is another one. It's the gift that keeps giving. Pub web cock-up. Internet users searching for a pub were stunned after being taken to a site advertising adult dating and webcam sex. I don't know why they were stunned. The Wowzers. pub is called The Fighting Cocks. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. If you're going to Google The Fighting Cocks, please Google it very, very carefully. A lady has been fined £100. Why? Well, because she was drinking a slush puppy. When a policeman noticed driver Sophie Vaughan slipping, sipping a slush puppy in a traffic jam, he could have let her off with a simple lecture on road safety. Instead, he handed her a £100 fine and three penalty points wow. after calling three colleagues on his radio for backup. That would imply to me, the fact he's called for backup would imply that There's maybe... There's a bit she, more to it. She got a little bit gobby. 
you would you would have to think. But what? Um, but what surprised me is not How the fine. How old is she? Because she's. Um, I think slush puppies are really just 22. for under twelves, aren't they? Twenty two. Well, what surprised me is not uh, not just that she got the points and the fine, but that that you can still buy slush puppies. Oh yeah. I never liked the slush puppies. I never liked the slush puppies. I was not into ice cream or things like that because I uh, I don't like the head freeze thing. Yeah. Um, but I've seen them on sale. I can get you a slush puppy if you want to. Fine. Hey, where are our square eggs? Our squags. We ate them. Sorry? We squate them. No, we didn't. We ate them at home. Oh, I've I got see. Got a picture I can show you. Oh, I see. So, they no, didn't no. come out quite cuboid. They came out um, more. That's fine. That's fine. So, um, sorry, I thought they were for your mates, not your daughters. Well, I tweeted that I'm about to blow two tiny minds. I thought, I you, meant, think... thought you meant me and Kelly. <laughs> can you believe that, Mark? Uh, good morning, Ian. Good morning, Catherine. Good morning. She's How made square eggs and not shared them with the team. Oh, that's a... Well, maybe the Easter eggs uh, will be uh, shared. No, don't yeah. count on it. What have you called in for, Mark? <laughs> um, yeah, honest, honest Man and Radio. 20 years ago, I had £7,000, approximately, put in my bank account. I went to the cash point, like you do, you know, check the balance. Yeah. And I thought, that looked wrong. So I thought... Oh, it's a it's an uh, you know an operator error. So I put my card in again, and I thought no, it's there. It's there. I went into the branch when they opened, and I said, um, I think you'll find my account has got um, a, a rather a, a lot of money which shouldn't be there. Could you check it out? They said, oh yes, yeah, okay, we'll sort it out. Don't whatever you do, don't go and draw. And I said no, okay then. It sat there for three days and it sort of disappeared oh, as quick as it came the, in. But the it dreams. Would have been a lot of hassle, Ian, if you if you if you kept it like that woman's well, got into. She's got into into a terrible trouble. Poor, poor uh, I was going to say poor cow. That's but she is really. I mean, she's got a lot of trouble for that. You weren't, but you you went straight in, Mark. Did you? You weren't at any point for a second. It must have crossed your mind, or for those three days, you must have fantasised about what you could have done with that cash. No. No, honest, honestly, I, that's what I said, honest man on radio. No, honestly, it, I, I, well, I've been brought up, uh, it's not mine, give it back. I've found money before in the street sort of thing, you know, like, uh, not sort of big amounts, but I thought it came into my account, it shouldn't be there, if I did whip it out, if this was mm. about 20-odd years ago, yes. I thought it would cause you more hassle. I know it would, sort of thing, so... I didn't need it at the time. So. Mark, thank you very much indeed, and, and good advice there from Mark in Bletchley. Never, ever whip it out in a bag. That will only end in tears. 08459 four double five five double five. BBC Three Counties Radio. More of the papers after we get the travel news. Oh. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Luton, the Newlands Road is closed just near to the golf course at Church Road following an accident. And on the speed sensors in Harpenden, the high street slow going in both directions around Station Road. Also the M25 anti-clockwise, that's slow going now on the cameras between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Right, 6.45. It is uh, Thursday, the 3rd of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The future of a homeless shelter for young people in Milton Keynes, which has a history of antisocial behaviour, will be decided tonight. Nearby residents have complained about drinking and vandalism at St Mungo's in St George's Street in St Bletchley. 
Cycling clubs in Hertfordshire are criticising the state of the county's roads ahead of high-profile events. The Women's Tour of Britain arrives next month, while the Men's Tour in September. One bloke said they were man-eating potholes. And in sport, Chelsea lost 3-1 away to Paris Saint-Germain. Am I saying that properly? Yeah. Why not? In the first leg of their Champions League quarter-final. Let's get the weather now with Elizabeth Sati- Elizabeth Rizzini. I click my heels together three times. Will you stop it's it? And now you, what you, happens. What are you eating? Chocolate finger. <laughs> Give you a chocolate finger in a minute. What oh, a minute sound like that. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. Well, it's, uh, it's going to be a day very similar to yesterday. Most places staying dry for most of the rest of the day, but there's quite a lot of cloud out there. There will be some spells of brightness, some hazy sunshine at times. You've probably been hearing about the air quality level. Still quite poor, actually, for today with the southeasterly wind unchanged. It's still going to feel pretty warm. Where we do get the best of the brightness and the hazy sunshine, then we're probably looking at temperatures all the way up to 18 or even perhaps 19 degrees at 66 in Fahrenheit so it's still nice and warm um, but there will be some cloud around and watch out for the odd light shower here and there at times through the day particularly across western areas of Buckinghamshire I suspect into the evening the showers are going to become a little bit more widespread uh, we're probably likely to see a good few I think through the course of the night but the wind is going to change finally to um, to westerly and that's going to bring in some fresher Atlantic air so the air quality levels will improve into tomorrow it's going to feel a good few degrees cooler um, so a little bit fresher but mostly dry again with some brightness, some sunshine. It's looking quite unsettled at times at the weekend. There'll be quite a lot of cloud and there will be some rain, I think, later in the day on Saturday night and on Sunday afternoon. That's the forecast. Every weekday morning. The shop didn't want to give me them back, so I went to the shop, paid them a fee to get my cylinders back. The JVS Show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. I went to speak to this company and I asked them what had happened. It took me absolutely ages to get through to anyone. If you need our help, email jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. After I left discussion about my cylinders, the, the governing body showed up at my house on the following day. And we could do the same for you. Thanks, Denise. And for the company for getting her cooker back up and running, here's your horn. The JVS Show, weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, Ruffins! More in the papers, including, including... Yes. Well, including Jennifer Saunders believes in ghosts. Oh, good. Well. Okay. And um, children wearing bikinis. We'll talk about that in a bit. Can I talk about the smog? Go on, talk about the smog, and then we'll play another 90s song. Very quickly, yeah. uh, my husband was excessively lazy yesterday, yeah. and I asked him why, and he said it was because people like him had to take it easy in the smog. People <laughs> He's got are... slight asthma. Uh, I heard the warning yesterday. If you've got, uh, if you've got bad asthma, or heart problems, yeah. or lung problems, or you're elderly, you should um, take it easy and not go outside. And thanks, so... thanks for that advice, whoever gave that out. So he sat on his the... backside the whole, t- <laughs> whole night, for medical reasons. <laughs> Reasons. He's got another two or three days of that. Oh, yeah. That's genius. I think he might have quite a lot set up on the planner on the telly. Your, <laughs> your husband's a genius. Well done, Mr Boyle. Excellent stuff. <laughs> oh, wait, 459 four, double, five, five, double, five. We're celebrating the magic of uh, 90s... Well, 90s music. It's 90s week here on BBC Three Counties Radio. We're celebrating 90s girls. And it was primarily guitar girls we wanted. Girls with, with big old Rickenbackers. Yeah, short playing. haircuts. But the, now Olive, she was like a, like a, I don't even know what she, if she was a woman or not. Yeah, she was definitely a woman. But she was Olive? Wasn't she? There were no 
pictures of her on the cover of the album, it was all like water droplets. Wasn't she the brainchild of a man? Wasn't she like a produced? Possibly. I don't know. It doesn't sound like overproduced mass package stuff, does it? This is Olive, you're not alone. I oh. heels together. I can't even stop this now. Hang on. Hang on. Oh, I can't stop it. If you just play it in full, yes. then you won't have to hear it again. Peter's in Warmer Green. Morning, Peter. Good morning. What do you have a whinge about this morning? Is it Alicia's attic? Uh, once again, the voice of common sense. Yeah, here we go. The common um, voice. Road tax. Yes. If they spent the road tax on the roads... Yes. They'd have stacks of money to fill all these potholes and make m- magic roads. What's magic roads? Absolutely. <laughs> What's a magic road? Absolutely, ro- because we're, we're they're not spending the money on the roads. Full stop. That's the, uh, that's the answer to the question, really, about the roads. They're not spending the money. OK. The thing is, there's no such thing as road tax, is there? Well, I, I, I pay something that they call road tax. No, they don't call it road tax. Oh, all right. They've changed it um, to be an, uh, another evasive sort of tax, then. No, it's, it, no road, tax was, road tax was abolished in 1937, Peter. No, no, no. no yes, no. yes, yes. Well, what do I pay my... So what do I pay uh, um, the money for, then? You pay, you pay your vehicle, vehicle excise duty. Yes, but it's still the road tax of by another name. No, it's not. It is. No, it's not. Then, then you're being very naive. No, I'm not being naive. It's a tax on cars, not on roads, and as we all know, it goes straight into the general treasury fund. It's always gone into the general no. treasury, treasury fund, yes. and, and uh, because of that, they haven't spent the money on the roads, so that is why we've got great big holes. We've but- had it <laughs> other years... Peter, yes. would you do me a favour? Yes. Would you introduce the next record for me? And what's the next record? It's Olive with You're oh, Not Alone. Oh, no, no, thank you. Sorry? No, thank you. I don't... No, no. What? <laughs> what, what happened between you and Olive in the 90s? No, no, no. Did she let you down? No, no, no. I... I, I did she uh, break your heart? I, I just want to be the voice of common sense, actually. OK. Are you enjoying... Are you enjoying our uh, 90s girls' music? 90s girls' music, goodness gracious, they won't be remembered tomorrow. <laughs> but we're remembering them today. <laughs> no, uh, well, you may be remembering them, but I tell you what, the vast majority of your audience isn't. <laughs> so, do me a favour, Peter, if you could just say, this is Olive with her hit, You're Not Alone, from the 90s. Uh, no, thank you. I don't really want to, actually. So, if you just say, Peter, this is Olive with her hit from the 90s, you're not alone. And then you could sing a bit of it and then we'll, we'll, we'll just press play. No, no, not at all, not at all. No, thank no, you. No? Would, no. You rather, would you rather introduce Alicia's Attic? Oh, God, where would you get these names from? Where on earth are you getting these names from? Was I, was I uh, in a coma in those times? I must have been. <laughs> so Alicia, Alicia's Attic or Olive? No, neither, I'm afraid. Oh, dear. Johnny, Johnny Cash's uh, Sunday morning coming down would be better. It, we, we probably would be better, actually, unfortunately. We're not playing it. Olive. Oh, I'm having a flashback already. Oh, I can feel my forehead getting all hot. I've got a sweaty head. My leg won't stop moving. I love you, Cash.
This one for Peter in Warmer Green. Big up yourself, Peter. This is for the Warmer Green Massive. to a 90s trip there Peter in Wilma Green I hope you enjoyed that Olive you are not alone and none of you are alone because we're here with you this morning know that okay I'd finished that now Kelly Betts hiya yeah. seriously though yes are you going to play Leisure's Attic not a chance uh, very quickly I want to do this story and we'll get just now on this later on page 23 of the Daily Mail Backlash show me, show me the picture Backlash over Liz's bikinis Ooh. for kids Liz Hurley has become embroiled in fresh controversy over her range of children's bikinis, with critics branding them unsuitable for young girls. It includes skimpy designs aimed at under eight. So they're bikinis, proper bikinis for young girls. One of them's leopard uh, skin print. Classy. Um, yeah, it's a little bit uh, tarty. What do you think? You've got two girls. Yes, I have. And I think long and hard about the sort of clothes I put them in because I want them to look like little girls and not mini-me's. Um, and so uh, I don't like bikinis, really. Uh, tankinis, you What's know what that? they are. No. They're like sort of a slightly cropped vest with, you know, the pants because, you know, for coolness. But actually my kids don't like them because they yeah. don't like the gap in the middle. So, no, I don't really... I don't like them, and I don't like them when uh, they're made to look like bras. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think. I'm, I, I'm sure I've seen uh, children in bikinis on the beach. But more of a crop top thing. Rather yeah, than, than like a bra top, maybe. I don't know. What do you think, dear listener? 08459 455 555. Kids under the age of eight in bikinis. Is it appropriate, or are people getting their bikini knickers in a twist? <laughs> Kelly Betts. If you play a bit now, then you could play a minute of I'll it. i tell you what, we'll play, the, we'll play the song. We'll play the song. You introduce it, we'll have, we'll have Alicia's Attic. This is your moment. Away you go. <clears throat> Here's Alicia's Attic from the 90s. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
in Luton. All the approaches to the Kidneywood roundabout looking very heavy to join the motorway at the moment. Also on the speed sensors, the A1M southbound is heavy going around Junction 7 for Stevenage. The M25 anti-clockwise slow going between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. The M1 southbound also starting to build up between Junction 10 for Luton and 9 for Redbourne. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. There we go, Alice. Thank you very much. Uh, Kelly, I see I was teasing you all along. The song's actually longer <coughs> than the bit that you just played. Sorry? The song's longer than the bit that you just played. Oh. There we go. That's that's pretty much all of it, isn't it? play it. Yeah, Hart would play it, you see. That's the problem. I'll retune. That was fun, wasn't it? We'll have more 90s music tomorrow and I will campaign the bosses to make this a 90s radio station. Girls under the age of eight wearing bikinis. Is there a problem with it? We'll take your calls on it after the news with Simon Oxley. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock. The headlines, residents' concern over Milton Keynes' homeless shelter, chemical spillage in Royston, and cyclists criticise state of Hertfordshire's roads. BBC Three Counties Radio. The future of a homeless shelter for young people in Milton Keynes, which has a history of antisocial behaviour, will be decided tonight. Nearby residents have complained about drinking and vandalism at St Mungo's in St George's Street in Bletchley. Kerry, a mother who lives opposite the shelter, says some of the teenagers can be disruptive. They are very noisy take a lot of drugs they drink very rude the person that runs it hasn't got a clue they just don't listen to him been over there a few times i've got children have to get off of school they're out there early hours in the morning Firefighters from across Hertfordshire dealt with a chemical spillage at an industrial unit in Royston last night. They were called to Orchard Road at 6.45 by a member of staff after a spillage of 800 litres of chemicals. The scene was declared safe just after nine o'clock. There were no injuries. The specialist chemical response team from Hemel Hempstead attended, along with crews from Royston, Baldock, Hitchin and Stevenage. Cycling clubs in Hertfordshire are criticising the state of the county's roads ahead of high-profile events. The the Women's Tour of Britain arrives next month with the Men's Tour in Hemel Hempstead in September. Graham Knight from the Ware-based Hertfordshire Wheelers says the county's Olympic star has already voiced her concern. Laura Trott rode the stage of the Women's Tour that starts in Chessons and there's a which she said was very, very dangerous. And indeed, it's the sort of road that I wouldn't even really want to, to ride on just as a, a leisure ride. It, the surface has almost disappeared. It's, it's mud, it's gravel, it's potholes, um, loose surfaces. It's an uh, absolute nightmare, really. Three military personnel have been murdered and 16 wounded in a shooting at a US Army base in Texas. A soldier who served in Iraq opened fire at Fort Hood Base, the scene of a similar shooting in 2009. Early opinion polls suggest the UKIP leader, Nigel Farage came out on top in his second debate on Europe with the Deputy Prime Minister Nick Clegg. The two men traded insults as they outlined their different views on immigration, jobs, trade and foreign policy. Firefighters in Milton Keynes tackled a blaze in a sports pavilion.
pavilion roof last night. They were called to Frithwood Crescent in Kent's Hill at 7.15. The fire was caused by a ventilation motor. The education watchdog Ofsted is warning that nurseries and childminders are failing to equip thousands of young children with the skills they need to start primary school. Its chief inspector, Sir Michael Wilshaw, will use a speech this morning to call for a radical shake-up of early years education. If they don't start school well, they do badly in reception, they do badly at key stage one between five years of age and seven years of age and then don't read properly by the time they they reach the the SATS test at the age of seven. So this part of of a child's career is absolutely critical. In sport, Chelsea face an uphill task to reach the Champions League semi-finals after a 3-1 first leg defeat away to Paris Saint-Germain. The weather, some hazy sunshine this morning, but cloudy this afternoon with isolated showers. A maximum temperature, though, 18 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. I've been here about 45, 46 years. Been here 76 years. It's all about where you live. And all this week we're featuring Shefford and Chicksands. I love it. I live in Clifton, but I wish I lived in Shefford. It's a very good neighbourhood here. We've got good neighbours, good friends, and it's a good community to live in. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning all, I hope you've recovered from watching that really exciting debate between uh, Farage and Clegg last night. Ah, come on. I've put the challenge out this morning, is anybody that bothered about Europe? But no-one's that bothered. If, If Europe is in your top three political bugbears, then give me a call. 08459 455 555 And look, the phones do not light up because nobody's really that bothered by it. And that's where Farage's genius is. He's made people think that people are bothered by it when no people are bothered by it. Other stuff coming up this morning include residents try to shut down a homeless shelter, man-eating potholes... Someone actually said, someone used that phrase to describe the the states of Britain's roads, really? And 50 grand pops up in your bank account. What would you do with it? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or, lots of phone calls already this morning. We can have more. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Do you fancy um, do you fancy having a homeless shelter opposite your house? Would you be all right with that? Well, some people living near a shelter for vulnerable young homeless people in Milton Keynes are calling for it to be permanently closed down. They've been speaking out ahead of a council meeting tonight which will try to decide the future of St Mungo's in Bletchley. The facilities, uh, they say, the facilities attracting people involved in drugs and other criminal activity to their area. Well, here's what one of the shelter's neighbours, Kerry, told our reporter Matt Lockwood. They are very noisy, take a lot of drugs, they drink, very rude. The person that runs it hasn't got a clue. They just don't listen to him. Been over there a few times. I've got children that have to get off of school. They're out there early hours in the morning, shouting, screaming. They're just 
basically rude. Why is there no control in place? Um, they just don't seem to listen to anybody. They've just got no one there. They haven't got a curfew. They're allowed just to walk in and out. They've just got no respect. Right, so have you gone over there and said this is not acceptable? And, and what's have. been the response? All you get is we talk to them and they don't listen. And what can they do? I mean, at three o'clock, sometimes there used to be a group of them sitting outside. The language was disgusting and they don't care about the young ones. They used to go over the school gates, drink, throw bottles, smoke drugs, and it's left there for the children for the next day. And how bad do things get? I mean, does it get worse in the summer compared to the winter? Yeah, summertime's quite bad. They sit outside till late, drinking, swearing, motorbikes coming past, cars beeping, drug dealing outside their door, and there's a camera there, so everything's been seen. Well, that was Matt Lockwood speaking to Kerry, a local resident. Listening to that is the uh, area manager for St Mungo's in Milton Keynes, Helen Denyer. Morning, Helen. Good morning. Helen, what's your reaction to what you've just heard? I mean, I, I think what we'd say is obviously we're sorry that we've had this reaction from, from some of the local neighbours to the proposals from the council, but we have had some, some really positive reaction from some of the people from Milton Keynes who visited a couple of our other projects um, in the local area earlier this year where some of the residents were able to explain what had brought them to the stage where they were in where they were in the hostels, you know, the, fa- the problems that they'd had with their families that had led to them being homeless and needing to get help from charities like ourselves. What about what Kerry was saying uh, about the drugs, the bad language, the abuse, putting things on people's cars? I mean, what I would say is if there are problems, we do encourage people to come and let us know. We, you know, we do deal with complaints and we take complaints seriously. The vast majority of our clients, they're just trying to get their lives back on track and rebuild from where they've left off. But we do, you know, we work with the police and we do work with health and social care agencies where we need to. So you do accept, it's, you do accept that these, these things are happening? The va- I mean, the vast majority of our clients are not involved in any illegal no. activity and stuff. Where there are problems, stuff do act quickly. And I don't think that's the suggestion sure. that, that, that all of the residents are, but you do accept that these, these, these things that Kerry and other people uh, have, have, have mentioned, you do accept that they are happening? Unfortunately, sometimes there are things that do impact on the local community, but we do try to be good neighbours, and the majority of the time... The clients are there, they're part yeah. of the community. I, and I guess the majority of the time, that's fine. But I know that if I lived there with my kids, if there were people openly smoking drugs, or if there were people using bad language, or if there were people being aggressive, or bullying, or threatening, or putting things on my car, or as, as, as we heard earlier on, smashing windows, if people complain, um, then, then I wouldn't be very happy about that. And I wouldn't want that near me or my family. I mean, what Can you understand say- that? I mean, I, I do understand that, that people are concerned, and of course we don't condone, you know, behaviour such as that, and we do not condone, you know, drug use, whether it's on our premises or in the community, but these are not things that are happening all the time. No, 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 and Helen, you seem very keen to point <laughs> out that they're not happening all the time. We're not saying they're happening all the time. If it happens once, it's too much, isn't it? So what have you done to try to stop these things from happening? I mean, we, we work really hard with, with the young people that live with us. 
you know, as do other agencies. And what we do is a lot of positive work to re-engage people with, you know, get people back into college. What have you done to stop these specific accusations, Helen? I I, I can understand why you want to paint a rosy picture, but it isn't a rosy picture, is it? It's certainly not for the residents. What have you done? uh, Let's go through them one at a time. What have you done to stop uh, some of the residents um, using drugs uh, near the the home, in the street, leaving the, the remains of their drugs for kids to find? What have you done to stop that? If there is any drug use, what we do is we work very closely with the local police. As I said, we don't condone, you know, illegal activity. We work with people to give them alternatives to turn into drugs, but we do work very closely with the local so when was police. The last time the police when was the last time you got the police involved because of drugs? I mean, we have a, a good relationship with the police. When was the, the last time... H- H- Helen, I'm, I'm sorry, because we're running out of time. I'm really going to press for, for answers to the questions now. When was the last time you got the police involved because of drugs? We haven't had the police involved over the last few weeks. Even the last few for, weeks? For drugs, you know, and that's, as I say, it's not something that's happening every day. So, so what, three weeks ago you got they had to get the police out because of drugs? It would have been longer ago than that, even, because it isn't something that's happening all the time. And I know the police would take it very seriously as well if they thought that we were allowing that kind of activity. OK. What do you do to stop um, some of the residents uh, abusing the neighbours? I mean, we de- would deal with anything swiftly. We would use the police if that was necessary. But, but you're saying you've not got the police involved. When, when was the last time the police came uh, to, to St Mungo's? I mean, the... The police do sometimes come around for other issues. It's not necessarily in response to an incident. You know, the police are. When very was the last time the police came round to St Mungo's to deal with an issue? The police haven't been round sort of within the space of the last week, for example. So they've not been. They, they, so why were they there a week ago? What happened a week ago that meant the police had to come? I mean, I think it's it's not really fair for me to comment on on individual no, incidents. No, but you can give us a vague <laughs> thing. Was it drugs, or was it abuse, or was it violence? Was it criminal damage? On individual cases, because it wouldn't be fair. But the no. police are there to support us no, to of help course. these young people. But, 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 but you can give us a, a vague idea. Was it was it drugs? Was it uh, abuse? Was it abusive language? Was it violence? What, what, what kind of area was it that you you had to get the police for? I mean, the police come for a whole range of issues. And what was it last week? What was it last I mean, week? I can give you some examples of things why the police would be there, which, which sometimes what it can it? be around protecting the young people. Sometimes yeah. it can be because there's been an incident where... And what was it last an week, Helen? ...between clients. I'm afraid I don't think it's helpful for me to comment on sort of individual incidents. That's why I'm trying to give you an idea of the kind of things that the police would help us So are you saying that there was violence between two of the inmates, uh, two of the inmates, two of the residents last week? I'm not saying that there was violence, no. Okay. You could understand why why the resident, the local residents would be concerned about all of these things, can't you? I I can understand the And why they wouldn't want this on their doorstep. I mean, I can understand the concerns, but as I said, you know, the vast majority of residents, they want to be good neighbours, and we want to be good neighbours too, and actually the, the majority of them are, they're just young people trying to rebuild their lives and move on from, from a difficult background. Um, uh, you must be disappointed, you must be disappointed that local residents want St Mungo's to close? Yeah, of course, we are disappointed that some of the local residents feel that they don't want the hostel there anymore. Do you, do you evict people if they don't abide by the rules? In cases, we do evict people, but that would always be a last resort. When you was know, the last want... time you did that? 
it is some time since we have evicted somebody, okay. well, and, and we do try to prevent it. And yet you've, 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 you've had incidents of drugs, you've had incidents of violence, you've had incidents of local residents being abused, and you still haven't evicted the people responsible for that. That seems uh, a, a, a little odd. Helen? Now, some of the concerns that have been raised are historic concerns as well. They're not things that happen in every day. That where someone's behaviour means that they can no longer stay there, then we do take action. But we do work with people to check. So, so their behaviour would have to be extreme. You wouldn't positive con- part of the community. You wouldn't consider abusing a local resident or or drug taking extreme. I'm saying that we would take that very seriously. But you wouldn't evict them for that. Well, what I'm saying is that there hasn't been those incidents where where we've seen that behaviour recently to the extent that we've needed to evict anybody, so you, which actually is a very positive thing. So you haven't you haven't um, in the last three months been made aware of any residents taking drugs uh, in or near St Mungo's or any residents being abusive to other residents in the area. I mean, as I said, you know, have you been made aware of those incidents in the last three months? <coughs> We ha- we haven't had complaints. Ha- I say we do take them. Sorry, Helen, you dropped out for a second. You, you haven't uh, you haven't had any of those um, complaints in the last what? Let's say six months. Had complaints from local neighbours in in the last few months, and as I said, we do take things seriously where where neighbours. Helen, I'm going to let you go because we keep dropping the line. I think you were saying that you had had some complaints in the last few months, but yet you hadn't thought that they were uh, strong enough to um, to uh, warrant a, a, an eviction. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because, hey, listen, I'm all for helping uh, homeless young people who have, got into, uh, who have got into trouble, for whatever reason it is, whether it is drugs, whether it is violence, whether, whatever it is. Of course I am, of course I am. You'd be heartless not to. But I'm now thinking as a dad, and if I was a dad living in that street and there were um, youngsters out there having a little puff on a joint and telling me to F off as I got in my car... And if I complained, there was the threat of violence. I wouldn't want that there. It's a tough one, isn't it? 08459 four double five five double five. A little bit later than usual, here's the travel with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Luton, Newlands Road is closed next to the golf course just near to Church Road after an accident. We've had a call from Louise as well to say it's making things a lot heavier than normal around the Kidneywood roundabout at the moment. On the speed sensors, the A1M southbound struggling at Junction 7 for Stevenage and the M1 southbound, that's building up now between Junction 10 for Luton and 9 for Redbourne. The M25 anti-clockwise very slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Public transport that's got no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. Seven seventeen Thursday, the third of March. I'm April. April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The future of a homeless shelter for young people in Milton Keynes, which has a history of antisocial behaviour, will be decided tonight. Nearby residents have complained about drinking and vandalism at St Mungo's in St George's Street in Bletchley. 
Cycling clubs in Hertfordshire are criticising the state of the county's roads ahead of high-profile events. The Women's Tour of Britain arrives next month with the Men's Tour in Hemel Hempstead in September. And in sport, Chelsea face an uphill task to reach the Champions League semi-finals after a 3-1 first-leg defeat away to Paris Saint-Germain. BBC Three Counties Radio. When you need local news. The headlines, two jailed for the killing of a teenager in Luton. When you need local travel. Queuing northbound for Welling around Junction 5 up towards Nebworth. When you need local weather. We've got plenty more showers this afternoon, becoming more widespread and quite heavy at times. BBC Three Counties Radio is here with local up-to-date news and travel bulletins throughout the day. You'll always be up to date. BBC Three Counties Radio. Here's a story. Okay, so I've been sent this story. Okay, it's in the, the uh, it's in the Independent Island. Woman who fell down a well during sex left in the hole after her lover fled the scene. There's more questions than answers there, aren't there? Let me read that sentence again. Was she in the bucket? <laughs> Woman who fell down a well. Okay, that's one story. That's during it. sex. Ooh. Second story. Left in the hole after her lover fled the scene. Wowzers! Let's he read more. He must have been in the bucket. I don't think there was anyone in the bucket. Well, how did he get out and she didn't? I don't think he... Let's read the story. Police in Spain are, are hunting for a man who left... Thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to pop this now. This isn't even funny. Police in Spain are hunting for a man who left his lover down a well when she fell in as they had sex on Friday. Oh, did he throw it down there? The pair who had met earlier that night... Romance. Did not realise that the wooden cover on the hole had slipped when things started to get steamy. The man fled from the scene when 21-year-old Edelia Aponte fell 15 feet into the hole and oh. plunged into the water below. They've named her as well. How, how nice. Is she all right? I hope so, because... I hope so. I've not got that far. After spending half an hour in the water, she was rescued when an anonymous person called the police to report that a woman had fallen into a well. Well, I think we know who that anonymous person is, don't we? He's a gentleman. <laughs> Ms Aponte was then sent to hospital where she was treated for hypothermia. It could have ended in tragedy, said fire service spokesman Lenny Portillo. But dear. Mm-hmm. Luckily she could swim and she wasn't knocked out as she fell. Police are now eager to speak to Ms Aponte's companion who could be charged with failing to give help to somebody in need of assistance. Well, she'll know his name, won't she? It, it oh. would appear they hadn't exchanged names. Sorry, uh, uh, Kelly, you may have missed the beginning of the story. Woman who fell down a well during sex left in the hole after her lover fled the scene. I only heard the second part and I was thinking, what's so funny? So, we're going to do this. My, my friend has wanted me to do this as a phone-in for oh, years. No, what? No, and we're going to do it, OK? He's, for years he's been saying, please do this, it's a great phone-in. And he's been bothering me, he's been bothering LBC, all the stations. Do this as a phone-in. So we're going to do it today. Have you ever fallen down a well? 08459 455 555. It's, it's a long shot. It's a real long shot, but we'll put it out there. Have you ever fallen down a well? Are you firm on well? Sorry? <laughs> Like, can it just be a hole? D- yeah. Let's start with well. If we've got nothing by eight o'clock, we'll open up. What have you fallen down? We'll open up to what have you fallen down. But f- between ne- for the next forty minutes, it's specifically have you ever fallen down a well? Right. Shall I tweet it? Yeah. Why not? Okay. All right. Sure. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. 
across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Cycling clubs in Hertfordshire, talking about holes, cycling clubs in Hertfordshire are criticising the state of roads in the county ahead of the start of the Tour of Britain next month. One club secretary said cyclists can be confronted by man-eating potholes, while another said riders were constantly warning each other about potholes and gravel. Well, the Women's Tour of Britain features two stages in the three counties next month, while a stage of the men's tour passes through Bucks before finishing in Hemel Hempstead. Well, in a second, we'll hear from Conservative Councillor Terry Duris, who's the cabinet member with responsibility for highways and transport but first let's talk to Hertfordshire cyclist Emma Trott, she's the older sister of Laura Trott and rides for a Dutch women's professional club on the road Morning Emma! Good morning Emma, the the state of the local roads is it really a serious concern for cyclists? Uh, I think in places it's it's bad but I think when you experience winters like we experience it on a regular basis then it's only normal that it's going to happen now, are you, I, I'm guessing you've cycled all over the continent. Is it true that their roads are, are significantly better than ours? Uh, well, I think it's a myth, to be honest. Oh. Like, I think, you know, it comes down to there's one race in Holland in particular where there's a massive descent and there's a huge hole on it. And I've ridden that race five times now, six times. And every year there's just a guy with a flag and a whistle standing there to warn the riders. They don't repair it. They just leave it as it is. And I think you can, if you look for the holes, you're going to find them. Yeah. Um, I think, from my understanding, is that all the roads that the Tour of Britain are going to be using, the council has said they're going to repair any any hole that is potential to cause crashes or danger to the riders. How dangerous is it, Emma? If if, I, if I'm in my car and I go over a pothole, you know, generally it's all right, I might get a puncture. But if, if you're going, you know, ridiculously fast on a bicycle and you go over a pothole, I, I'm guessing it can be, the, the impact can be more significant. Yeah, it depends, you know, how big it is, how deep it is and stuff like that. But, yeah, you can break wheels, which ultimately leads to crashes, which leads to punctures, which leads to not just one person crashing. If it happens at the front of the peloton, the group, then that's, that's a whole... Yeah, everyone could go down. Um, I think not necessarily hitting it is the biggest problem. The biggest problem is when you see it late and you try and swerve to right. avoid it. Yeah. That causes a massive ricochet effect in the back of the peloton, which actually causes more problems than if you were just hit it in the first place. Emma, I don't get cycling. I've tried it and it really hurts my buttocks. Why, why is, <laughs> sell cycling to me. Why is it so good? I think it's the freedom. You know, you, you can go out. There's no other sport where you can... You can go out, you can ride, and you've just got you've got countryside, and it's relaxed. And you can go out with a group; it's social. You can take your family down the track, say at Welling, and it's it's good for parents' peace of mind that they know that their kids are down there doing something, you know, not on the street and stuff like that. Emma, uh, listen, you're you're taking part in this um the, the, this tour of Britain, are you? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Is it, it's a big deal for us? Is it to, ha- to to have this? Is it a big event? Oh, it's a massive deal. It's the biggest. It's the one of the races where every single rider and every single team across the world wanted to come to England to race in. It's the only race that had that kind of prestige about it. Fantastic. It's a, it's a new year, it's a new race in this year, and for riders to instantly say to their directors, yep, yeah, this is the race I want to do for that year, it kind of means a lot. Well, it's very exciting then. We should be very uh, proud to have it here. Emma, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you for your time this morning. We can talk now to Conservative Councillor Terry Duris, Cabinet Member for Highways and Transport at Hearts County Council. Morning, Terry. Morning, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you very much. Now, cycling clubs say they're concerned about the state of the roads locally. Is there money available to repair these potholes and do the resurfacing where necessary? 
Well, we're talking about the uh, Women's Tour of Britain and the Tour of Britain in uh, September, and I think that Emma made a very good point and a very balanced point about the state of the roads both here and how they compare with other parts of the country and other parts of Europe. Yes, there will be money available to make sure that the roads are safe for the cyclists on both of these races. So, uh, and how much money is there set aside for this? We haven't set aside an amount of money. What we have done, in fact, is that on two uh, occasions so far, both in October and March, because, of course, March we were aware of the damage that had been caused by the winter weather to our roads, uh, the teams went out, but when I say the teams, our people went out with the Central Escort Group and the organisers of the women's tour, uh, travelled around the whole of the route, and the route, let me do an unashamed plug. Um, the 10th of May, starting in Chessant at 11.30, going up through Hartford, uh, Cotred, Bulldock, and then finishing in Welling Garden City at 10 to 2. It's worth going out to. It's a great event, and as Emma had said, we should be really proud of it. We're going out again in April. Um, to do a final check on the roads and the organisers and the escort group have identified three roads or three areas that we need to pay particular attention to to make sure that it's safe for the people who are taking part and the riders. It's exciting these events are in the area, Terry. What kind of benefits do do they bring to Hertfordshire? Oh, they bring massive uh, benefits to the area and I think we really do need to accentuate the positive on these. We're going to actually have people from all over Europe, all over the world, coming both to the ladies' tour and then in the tent on the 12th of September uh, to the t- men's tour of Britain for stage six, which is going to finish, absolutely finish, so um, a big, big finale on that particular stage in Hemel Hempstead. And I know that the folks of Hemel Hempstead, which happens to be where I live, are incredibly excited about it. Um, it will bring people, it will bring recognition, it will just bring awareness of the fact that in Hertfordshire we are a county of opportunity. Didn't the council have to pay nearly 70 grand uh, in, in damages to a cyclist who, who, who hit a pothole and came off his bike? Uh, yes, they did, uh, as you very well know, and if you didn't know that, you wouldn't have asked me. Um, and that came to court, the details of which I don't have in front of me, but I do know that it was an incident that occurred, I think, in 2009, so four years ago, and um, it went to court, and the judge found in favour of the cyclist, and we hope... Of course, it was a gentleman by the name of Mr Curtis, and we all hope that he continues to make a full and absolute recovery. And has that prompted an increased investment in the county? Because I, I, know, I know it's all about balancing the books, and I know that there isn't the money that there was to go out and fix all of the potholes like there was maybe 10, 15 years ago. No, and it's only a matter of time before somebody phones in, I'm sure, to your programme to say we don't have potholes, we have wells. There we go. Ever ever fallen down a well, Terry? Yeah, yeah, I thought I'd get that one in for you. Um, We're spending about £50 million a year on maintaining our roads and cycleways. It's not enough. No. It's not enough. But it's an awful lot of money, and it's, it's one of those things that we just have to keep going and... I would love to be able to say that eventually all our roads will be wonderful, but the na- the actual sort of nature of the thing and, and the weather that we get, it will, it will never be enough. We've no. just had 3.6 million uh, given to us from the... We were the second largest uh, beneficiary of the in the east of England 
um, for repairs to winter damage, and we've put in another bid for the government's 200 million for potholes specifically. And I would hope that we will get a and a good amount of money from that to actually fix potholes specifically. Well, Terry, listen, best of luck. I know it's a tough job you've got when it comes to potholes, and uh, maybe let's talk a little bit closer to this bike race, shall we? Always a pleasure to talk to you, Ian. Always oh, a pleasure. Can I just mention one very quick thing? Yeah, go on. People want to go and have a look at, and see where it's going, the route, etc. Tourofbritain.co.uk Beautiful. No doubt we will be uh, we'll be bigging that up, as they say, uh, a little bit nearer to the event. Uh, Conservative Councillor Terry Duris. Right, 7.30, let's get the travel news. I click my oh. heels together three times. It's fucked a little, but nothing. We're not playing Alicia's attic. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Luton, the Newlands Road is closed next to the golf course just near to Church Road following an accident. And we had an update in from Louise. It's making things much heavier than normal on the A1081 in both directions at the Kidneywood Roundabout. Also on the speed sensors in Mark Yate, the A5 is slow going in both directions at the moment. And also in Kings Langley, the A41 heading towards the M25 is queuing. On the M25 itself, anti-clockwise, there are also queues between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555. It's the phone-in that everybody is talking about. Have you ever fallen down a well? Let me just quickly go over to my team now and find out how many calls we've taken on this. Catherine, how many calls have we had on people falling down wells? Um, including the text and as well, the emails. Yep. None. Oi! Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. The future of a homeless shelter for young people in Milton Keynes, which has a history of antisocial behaviour, will be decided tonight. Nearby residents have complained about drug-taking, drinking and vandalism at St Mungo's in St George's Street in Bletchley. Firefighters from across Hertfordshire dealt with a chemical spillage at an industrial unit in Royston last night. They were called to Orchard Road at 6.45 by a member of staff after a spillage of 800 litres of chemicals. And cycling clubs in Hertfordshire are Criticising the state of the county's roads ahead of high-profile events, the Women's Tour of Britain arrives next month with the Men's Tour in Hemel Hempstead in September. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Chelsea face an uphill task to reach the Champions League semi-finals after a 3-1 first leg defeat away to Paris Saint-Germain. Manager Jose Mourinho particularly unhappy with this stoppage time third goal. Pastore does really well into the area. Shoots low. It's like this at this level. One chance, one goal. The game was under control. We had a 2-1 to score in the end of, uh, of the first half. We didn't score. After that, we scored in our own goal. And after that, the third goal is <laughs> a joke. It's not a goal, it's a joke. <laughs> 
Also last night, Gareth Bale and Cristiano Ronaldo were among the scorers as Real Madrid beat Dortmund 3-0. Milton Keynes-Dons faint playoff hopes are fading fast after Peterborough beat Colchester 2-0 last night to strengthen their position in sixth in League One. Peterborough six points clear of the Dons with the game in hand. Sri Lanka faced the West Indies today in the first semi-final at Cricket's World 2020 tournament and in racing, the three-day Grand National meeting starts at Aintree today. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, the next full bulletin is at eight. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio. We're asking this morning, have you ever fallen down a well? I know, I know. The reason we're doing it, there's a story. Here's the headline. Woman who fell down a well during sex left in the hole after her lover fled the scene. I would would challenge the word lover. (laughs) They'd only just met that night. And he clearly didn't love her. Uh, (laughs) Kelly. There's just so many questions. Aren't there? It's an incredible story. Uh, I think it's a bit mean they've named her. It's a little bit unpleasant they've named her, particularly if she doesn't know the gentleman's name. <laughs> it would appear. Well, well, they're looking for him, so she hasn't got The her. pair who met earlier that night did not realise the wooden cover on the hole had slipped when things started to get steamy. The man fled from the scene when 21-year-old Adelia Aponte fell 15 feet into the hole and plunged into the water below. Is she local? Spanish. After spending half an hour in the water, she was rescued when an anonymous person called him, the police. I suggest. You don't know that. Well, him or people. To report Tom. a woman had fallen down the well. Uh, it could have ended in tragedy, said fire service spokesman Lenny Portillo. Luckily, she could swim and she wasn't knocked out as she fell. So, 25 minutes before we open this up, have you ever fallen down a well? It must happen all the time. I don't know where there is a well to fall down. There are wells everywhere. You see, just you constantly see wells. You just you see them so often, you, you're blind to there them. There are some ornamental ones around my area. The, the ornamental well in the front garden is a weird thing. You can fall it? over those. I don't think you can fall in. I'd like I'd like a functioning well. I'd, if you're going to have a well, then have a well. Like Snow White. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, Twenty-five minutes to, to call in on this before we open it. Ever fallen down a well? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Didn't she have a bed, or a room, or? They'd only just met a few hours before. They were feeling fruity. There was a well. You never got turned on by the sight of a well. 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 Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double. Actually, Kelly, could you do me a favour? Could you check that the phones are working? Yeah. Just because I, 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 I'm surprised we haven't had anyone call in about this. Um, about the wells. About the well. Unless. Yes. They might still be down there. Ah. If they are, you'd have to shout louder for them to hear you. They might not have any signal down there. Oh, that's true. Good point, good point. Dennis is in Luton. Morning, Dennis. Good morning, boss. Dennis, what have you got for me? Uh, you're talking about firemen. Yeah, well, yeah. sorry, when? Right. Just now, about firemen. Oh, yes, yeah, so well. saving the girl, yes. Well, well remembered, yeah. yes. Right, in Hawkering, there's a block of flats, 13-storey high. Yes. For the last five weeks, five times a day, five fire engines go to this blo- this block. Because the alarms, smoke alarms, are going off because it's a sheltered building. Right. The firemen are cheesed off of it, but they've got to go there, and it's their job. Yeah. Now, the, the thing is, who can stop all this or look into it? Because this must be costing the council taxpayers thousands of, a day. Right. So where, just remind me where this is, Dennis. 
It's in Hockwell Ring, yep. Luton, yep. Leegrave. It's one block of flats. It's a th- well, there's about five blocks of flats here. And it's, uh, it's about 13 storeys high. Yeah. It's a sheltered building for the um, elderly yep. and so-and-so uh, on that basis. Now, the thing is, the alarms go off. And what it is, the people are putting, like, the, an egg on or chips and going to sleep. So I got a minute, go- I got a minute. Who puts an egg on or chips and then goes to sleep? That's the elderly. The elderly. Uh, it's they a do. sheltered building. Yeah, they do. You're right, actually, yeah. And the, the next thing is, you get all the fire engines, five of them, they must come there, even the escape ladder, yep. to go there, because it's 13 stories. The firemen have told us. They can't just send right. one, they've got to send five. Oh, all right, now, it's costing the council tax people thousands a day yeah. for something that's... Well, they've got wardens in there, but yeah. what, 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 what are they doing? You know, Dennis, Dennis, we're going to send yes. ju- we're going to send Justin down there this morning. You asked who could look into this, who could put a stop to this. Well, as far as I know, only you can do this, Justin Daly. Well, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, oh. Good morning, Justin. Morning, boss. How are you? You're right, boss. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Nice to talk to you. So you want me to go down there and stop people putting chips on and falling asleep? Is that correct? No. no it, well, it is. It's, you see it hit the fire engines five times a day. Five times a day. And they're there, down there now, actually. Are they? They've just gone, yeah, they've just gone past. I, I, Kelly heard them. Well, surely somebody's got to put a call in to find out um, about the alarm system. Whoa. Or you could go you and talk to them, Just. Well, I could do. I could do, but they could be asleep after putting their chips on. Yeah, well, well I don't know what's going down there, but the alarms are going off, and they've got to go from the fire station to there. OK, leave it, it with me. It, all right, Justin. Thanks, boss. I know I will. OK, boss. Cheers. Thanks, boss. The other boss. <laughs> Everyone's a boss, aren't they? <laughs> Thank well, you, Dave. I'll look into it uh, for you, no problem. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on a minute. Mm. Uh, is this Dave in Luton? Yes, You're banned. I thought it was Dennis in Luton, who is more than welcome, as is his sister Sue and his brother John. Dave in Luton, Justin, is banned. So does that mean I'm now not going because he's banned? No, you go, you go, go, go down there and talk to the, the firemen and women. OK. The, the brave firemen and women of Britain. Go and have yeah, a word with them I and find do. out what's going on. It's, uh, it's crazy if that's happening. I've lost my Daily Mail. Oh, there's my Daily Mail. The reason we've got you on is uh, because there's a story in um, the uh, Daily Mail. Where is it? Where is it? Backlash over Liz's bikinis for kids. By the way, how hot is uh, 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 um, uh, Liz Hurley? No? Very, very hot. Yeah. Smoking. Yeah. Smoking. You're, you're, you're shaking your head, Catherine. Um, I think a lot of it's uh, to do with makeup and presentation. Yep, she knows, mm-hmm. she knows how to do those two things. Yeah. <laughs> well, OK, if that's what does it. Well, so, some girls could learn a lesson or two from her. And look, Kelly's eating against us. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it real. <laughs> anyway, we're going off the slight tangent. Liz Hurley has become embroiled in fresh controversy over her range of children's bikinis, with critics branding them unsuitable for young girls. The actress was bombarded with angry comments after she used Twitter to advertise her controversial collections, which include skimpy designs designs aimed at under-eights. So it's bikinis, leopard uh, skin print bikinis uh, for under-eight-year-olds. Um, I don't quite know where I sit with this. Very quickly, Catherine, you're a mum of two girls. Yes. You wouldn't let your girls wear this. No. What, you, what, the- My daughter, who's four, yeah. five, would love to wear that because she wants to wear high heels, she wants to do all yeah. these things. Well, it looks, yeah. But I know how it looks. So what do they wear when they go to the beach? Um, cozies. Okay. What, like one-piece things? Yeah, they tend to. They have got those tankini things, which is like a slightly shorter vest top with a, with a bikini So you bottoms. see a bit of belly button? Yeah, but yeah. Um, they don't like them. Oh. 
because they just find it uncomfortable. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Justin, you've been out and about, haven't you? Mm, you've been yes. to Shefford talking about this. Yes, yeah, so bikinis for children under the age of eight years old. Um, Shefford is the home of our big tour this week across beds, hearts and bucks, and uh, they're certainly local and vocal. Here's what they had to say about these bikinis. I think it's horrible. It's wrong. Disgusting. Why? Tell me why. Because they're kids. They shouldn't be dressing like that. No way. You see too many young girls these days dressing like they're 16. I wouldn't let my niece put one of them on. Not a chance. Well, there's no need, is there? Well, there is young children in bikinis. It's ridiculous. Why is it ridiculous? Well, come off it. Children, young girls haven't got boobs, so why do you need a bikini? I mean, put it in context. Uh, it's disgusting. Not right. Uh, no, it's just, you shouldn't do it. It's... I don't. You shouldn't even be asking the question, really. If, if you if you have to sit and wonder about it, then I think there's something wrong with you. I mean, why is it disgusting, in your opinion? It's for adults. It reveals the body. As an eight-year-old, you shouldn't be revealing your body, should you? Really, I think any normal person person just no. <laughs> they better get a different life, shouldn't they? I mean, that's just ridiculous, isn't it? Very naughty. That's dreadful. I mean, if anybody was to go out and buy that for their children, mm. would you say they're a bad parent? Yes. I just can't understand. I mean, I'm trying to think... Uh, I'm sure I've seen young girls uh, on the beach in bikinis. Mm. If I were a dad of girls, I wouldn't let my girls wear this. And it does seem... Um, it, 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 do you know what? It's, it's, not the bikini, it's not the bikini that offends me. It's the leopard skin print. Because really? that I associate with, with tarty women. It's a tarty mm. kind it's of, sort of thing material. It's the Hurley would wear herself Well, she's wearing beach, it here. Isn't it? Yeah, exactly. She, she's wearing it here in yeah. front of me. Do you know, mm. it's funny that I wouldn't mind my two-year-old running around just in a pair of bikini bottoms yeah. or a nappy on the beach. But yeah. it just seems like putting the bra top on is suggesting something that needn't be suggested. Well, it, as the fella said there, they don't have boobs. Mm. Is yeah. it yeah. Well, what is it holding yeah. up? It, it, yeah, it's, it's kind of... Or, or, sort of sexualising their bodies a yeah. bit more than just... Anyway. The problem is, though, Ian, you, you go to any shopping centre anywhere in Beds, Hearts and Bucks, anywhere across the country, you, you go into any shop and a, a lot of the brands nowadays, what they're trying to do is make children a lot more mature. If somebody is under eight years old, let them enjoy being a child. They don't have to look like a supermodel who's got the latest bikini. Those people there in Shefford highly offended by this story this morning. Even the man at the end saying, well, if you go out and you buy one of these for your child, you are a bad parent for doing so. Let's put it out there. Thank you for that, Justin. Are you a bad parent if you buy these bikinis for your, your kids? 08459 four double five five double five. The uh, Dennis is on the line. Morning, Dennis. Good morning. What have you got for me, boss? This 13-storey block of flats for old people. Yes. That's a hell of a long ladder. The only time I've seen anybody come down from it was abseiling down. Old people don't want to abseil down the side of a blasting building. What are they keeping old people in there for? Let them jump off, you know? No, honestly, I saw when I was, when I was abroad, they had an exercise in this hotel, and that was at least 13 storeys high. The ladder didn't reach beyond four, so they had to abseil down. Abseil? Hang on a minute, you're not going to get a load of pensioners living in sheltered accommodation abseiling down? I'm, I'm saying, if it's a 13-storey block of flats and it's for old people, that's damn dangerous, isn't it? How yes. are you going to get them down? You're not supposed to come in the lift. I don't suppose... If they had a fire halfway up, how the hell do you get the ones from the, la- from the top end? They'd have to abseil down. See, it sounds a bit daft to me. Yeah. It's, it's, and as for little girls getting dressed up, parents like that should be castrated. Dennis, thank you very much indeed. Not too extreme, is it? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
in Luton, Luton, sorry, the Newlands Road is closed near to the golf course. Did you just say Luton? I don't know. You went Luton? In Luton? In Luton? The the real Alice Glossop is coming out. Come on (laughs) now. Let's have your BBC voice, please. In Luton, the Newlands Road is closed next to the golf course near to Church Road after an accident. Uh, It's making things a lot heavier than usual around the Kidneywood roundabout, especially on the A1081. Also in Beaconsfield, the Amersham Road is slow between Longbottom Lane and the Old Town. And then the M40 northbound, that's heavy from the Denham roundabout to the M25. The M25 itself, anti-clockwise, very slow between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. Public transport, we've got no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, personal question. Yep. Have you ever fallen down a well? No. Nuts. OK, thanks very much. I click my oh. heels together three times. It's I'm going into the news. I'm trying to tee up the news. It's very serious. You can't drop Alicia's attic in there. 7.46. It's Thursday, the 3rd of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The future of a homeless shelter for young people in Milton Keynes, which has a history of antisocial behaviour, will be decided tonight. Nearby residents have complained about drinking and vandalism at St Mungo's in St George's Street in Bletchley. Cycling clubs in Hertfordshire are criticising the state of the county's roads ahead of high-profile events. The Women's Tour of Britain arrives next month with the Men's Tour in Hemel Hempstead in September. And in sport, Chelsea face an uphill task to reach the Champions League semi-finals after a 3-1 first-leg defeat away to Paris Saint-Germain. Let's get the weather. I was enjoying that word. Let's get the weather with Elizabeth. I oh, you Stop it. You still eating that Ginsters? Sorry, mate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello. 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 Yes, I can hear you. Elizabeth, before we do the weather. (laughs) Yes. Have you ever fallen down a well? Yes. Have you? Well, not a well, a drain, a very deep drain. I've oh, 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 China. We'll, we'll have it, we'll have it. So hang on, so tell me, <laughs> but, but, but say it as though it's a well. What, what happened to you? Uh, I was just walk, I was walking along the street one day in China in a place called Chongqing. And I you made that there's, there's no place in I'm China called Chongqing. There is. Chongqing. And I've been there. 21 million people. And you fell down, um, you fell down a well I there did, in Chongqing. I was I was rescued by a Chinese policeman. It's very kind. It's all true. How My feet were very, very sticky. How did you fall down oh. it? I wasn't looking where I was going. <laughs> oh, I've actually just fallen in love with you a little bit. Elizabeth uh, from Chongqing, let's have the weather, please. OK, well, it's going to be a day very similar to yesterday. There could just be a few showers around at times, particularly towards western parts of Buckinghamshire. There's quite a lot of cloud around. It is a nice, mild start. There'll be some brightness, some hazy sunshine around at times. You've probably been hearing about the air pollution levels. Um, well, it's still going to be pretty bad again today because we've got this southeasterly wind just bringing up um, bringing up the air from the near continent, basically. But things will improve into tomorrow. Top temperatures today up to 17 or 18 degrees. So it's still going to feel nice and warm. And as I said, most places will stay dry for most of the day. Now, overnight tonight, there will be some showers. We will start to see a change in the wind direction to more of a westerly, bringing in some fresher, more Atlantic air. So uh, the air will feel cooler tomorrow, but the air quality will be much improved. So it's mostly dry and bright tomorrow. A few showers around at times and generally quite unsettled. There will be a few splits and spots of rain at times over the course of the weekend. That's the forecast. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. I oh. my heels no! <laughs> 
Every weekday morning from nine. Good morning, welcome to the JVS Show. Your local stories. Have you had to rebuild your life after being a victim of crime? Do you think it's inhumane to keep people in prison for life? Do you think that immigration needs to stop? Your local life. Why do 70% of this country feel immigration is wrong? We've actually got an open doors policy. I am just so angry listening to some of them people. What the government are doing, they start introducing American-type sentencing like 200 years in prison. The JVS Show. British people are not xenophobic. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm so impressed that Elizabeth Rizzini has fallen down a well uh, in Chongqing in China. Just, just, come in, come in here, come in here, fella, come in here, fella. We could be onto something here. I know he's. I know. I know. Don't, don't, don't worry. Don't worry. Just you, you, are you good? What's happening? Are you going to go and have a look at this? Uh... Uh, yeah. Okay. If you get a chance, yeah, do us a favour. Hmm. Could you do a little voxy for me? Yeah. On ever fallen down a well? Yeah. Firefighters might be good people to talk to about that. Actually. Hmm. Justin Dealey. Get out there and make some radio goals. He's a good lad, you see. Uh, We've been talking uh, about this homeless shelter, St Mungo's, in um, Bletchley. And uh, some of the residents have been very upset, criticising uh, criticising it for, for the what's been going on and uh, drug use and abusive behaviour and stuff like that. I had quite a few texts and emails on this. Let's have some of them. Uh, we spoke to... What was the name of the lady we spoke to? We spoke to uh, Helen Denyer, who is the manager for St Mungo's in uh, Milton Keynes. Uh, Ken in Redbourne says, One of the local residents said that woman who runs the Mungo's hostel hasn't a clue. That woman you just interviewed proved that was true. Okay. And uh, the lady from St Mungo sounds so well-meaning, but doesn't seem to have a clue about running this place. For her, it's all about carrot, but no stick. Kids cannot learn to respect rules or authority unless rules and authority are applied to them in a firm and fair way. As they are at the moment, they will never learn and will spend the rest of their lives being a pain in the backside to the rest of us from Anne in St Albans. Interesting, Anne. Thank you very much for that. 08459 455 555 is the uh, telephone number. Um, we're also taking your calls this morning on uh, children, eight-year-old girls wearing bikinis. What do you reckon? Is it completely inappropriate? I, I suppose it is. Uh, the thing that annoys me more about these bikinis that Liz Hurley has designed is not the fact that they're bikinis for kids, but the fact that they're leopard prints. I mean, that makes it look... What was that, Catherine? Said so you might as well do a leather one. Le- leopard print. We we associate with uh, with with Bet Lynch, tarty women, it's, and prostitutes. It's sexy, isn't it? What sexy. Age? Sorry. What, what age are these children? Under eight. Under eight. There's a lot of children, toddlers. Yeah. Run around naked anyway. Yeah. Yeah, but putting so, a bra on them is like enhancing bra- something that isn't there. But putting a thought. That the bra isn't there. is highlight. The the, the the bra top is kind of highlighting what uh, we. Uh, it, think of as the sexual part of the body that doesn't need to be highlighted if that kind of makes sense. If they're wearing like a top or they're topless. You see you see a six-year-old girl running around topless, you know, topless. But when the, once there's a bra top on there, it just I think it just changes things ever so slightly. Weird. I wonder if Liz Hurley's ever fallen down a well. <laughs> I wonder if she has. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five if you're listening, Liz. Now, the education watchdog Ofsted is warning that nurseries and childminders 
are failing to equip thousands of young children with the skills they need to start primary school. Its chief inspector, Sir Michael Wilshaw, will use a speech this morning to call for a radical shape-up of early years education in England. Well, uh, Matt Leach has got more details. Morning, Matt. What else is the chief inspector saying? Well, good morning, Ian. We're talking here about more focus on very young children learning their words and their numbers. So, Sir Michael's saying too many four-year-olds leave early years education simply without the language and the counting skills they need to do well at primary school. And he says failure to get youngsters up to speed before school, well, it can have serious effects. If they don't start school well, they do badly in reception, they do badly at key stage one between five years of age and seven years of age, and they don't read properly by the time they they reach the the SATs test at the age of seven. So this part of of a child's career is absolutely critical. And Ian, he says the problem's particularly acute among some pupils from low-income backgrounds. What does he say about how this, um, this change should be achieved? Well, he says in future, nurseries and childminders, as you were saying, will be expected to put more emphasis on structured learning. And he says he's going to back <coughs> excuse me, all this up with a tougher regime of inspections. Uh, and he says, interestingly, nurseries based within primary schools, he says, tend to have higher standards. So he wants to see more of those created. Some people might say... It's nursery. It's time for kids to play and and have fun rather than too much regimented learning. Well, I I think you've put your finger there, Ian, right on the heart of this. I mean, that is exactly the debate that's already started following Sir Michael's comments. You know, just how young is too young to start drilling children in maths? Uh, As you say, shouldn't nursery be a time for play, a sandpits and building brick towers, that kind of thing? Well, Neil Leach is the chief executive of the Preschool Learning Alliance. Now, that represents 14,000 nurseries, and he says the age of two is too young for formal lessons. I would be concerned that what we're starting to do here, and it's the thin end of the wedge, is to take away from some of our very young children, remember we're talking about two-year-olds here, their childhood. They're not, you know, sort of, shouldn't be conditioned to be academics at the age of two. Taking away their childhood, Ian, that is a phrase to ponder on, isn't it? But Sir Michael Wilshaw would fight back and say, well, he just denies that play and creativity is going to be sacrificed for learning. Matt, I appreciate your time this morning. It's a lot to think about. Thank you very much. Matt Leach. Over to you, 08459 555. I don't see a problem with kids in nurseries, two, three, four-year-olds. I don't see a problem with them learning. They're not going to sit down. Right, everybody? We're going to do some maths now. It's not going to be like that, but you, le- you can learn through play. But don't you teach your children when you take them out with you anyway? So how many apples have we got there? Can you yes. tell me how many more we'll have? And also, it, it says here that, that they want to put the, the, the um, uh, nurseries and childminders. No, 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 no. It's the mums and the dads and the nans. <laughs> exactly. And the grandfathers. That's who should be doing it. From, from when my boys were babies, from when they were barely born, we would sit with them on our lap and we'd have a book in front yes. of them. So they get used to the idea of, oh, look, there is something in front of me that you turn and there are pictures and there are words. Oh, and there, th- that person's saying something. This must be connected somehow. So they make that... Co- We're not sat there with Shakespeare. We're sat there with, you know, squeezy books that you can get snot on and... Yeah, but you have those squeezy books that are their books and you also have books where you're reading yeah. to them as well and you let them touch those books too. It's important to have them around. I gave my um, friend some books for her two-year-old, not even two, yeah. probably... Um, and they were children's books. In fact, they're the same ones I gave you. Those ones with the monkey, and what were they called? 
Which one's the There was like a little boy and a toy monkey. They were really nice illustrations and they're really easy. Oh, books yeah, yeah, to I know read. the one. Yes, I know the one you mean. Yes. Um, and I gave them to her and she said, Yeah, I'll save those until she's old enough. And I thought, No, read them to her. When we had um, um, a couple of uh, our nieces round, uh, and I sat down with, with my youngest, who was, I think, about 18 months then, and sat with a book. And he wasn't so good with books as the eldest one. He kind of wriggles around, but he'll sit down for a bit. And. Uh, I was saying, saying to my niece, who's a little bit older, do you want to come and sit over here and have a story? And the mum was going, no, no, she, she won't sit down for a book. She's a bit young. Well, hang on. Mm. No, 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 never too young. Never too young. I would suggest that Kelly Betts is too young for a book. But um, apart from that, never too a young. book? Yeah. Uh, and I think it's... Kelly. Yeah. And I think it's the, par- it's the parents' fault. It's totally the parents'. Yes, yeah, so if you go to nursery at two, three, four, yes, they should be sitting down and they should be... Not sitting down. They should be learning things. But it starts at home from the day they're born. Mind you, I told you about my sister, who's a primary school teacher, being asked by one of the parents when um, she was going to teach the children about please and thank you. Oh, yeah. It annoys me. My little boy who's four now, he's, he's learning basic maths because he's enjoyed it. Somehow, and it's not me that's done it, it's my wife. My, my wife has made basic maths fun to a four-year-old. And he'll, he'll say, he'll say before, when he's going to bed, Mummy, before we go to bed, can we, do some, can we do a little bit of math? Can we do some adding up? Doesn't say maths. Can we do yeah. some adding? Well, this is it, isn't it? The trick is to get in there before they realise it's quote-unquote work. Yeah. And math, let's be honest, maths is well done. I mean, it's, it's boring. Or it can be fun. It's a puzzle. No, it's boring. That's how I spin it. No, it's boring. It is boring, but if you can make it fun for kids... My daughter will not pick up on the math things if she's given a choice at, yeah. at school. But then I thought, what if we play shops at home? That's what we do, so we price everything exactly up. exactly how you do it. Whose responsibility is it? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I click oh. my heels together three times It's we're not playing Alicia. We're not even supposed to play music between um, seven and nine. Okay, sorry. Thank this you. one, this one's yours. Okay, so here's the travel. This is Chetan Park. Oh no, Chetan doesn't work here anymore. Oh, he's off. Okay, this one is actually yours. Thank you. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Luton, the Newlands Road is closed next to the golf course, just near to Church Road after an accident, making things much heavier this morning uh, than normal on the A1081 around the Kidneywood roundabout. And also in Hitchin on the sensors, there are queues on the A505 and the A602 heading towards the centre of town. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, that came in loud, sorry. Oh, woke us all up, didn't it, eh? Boys and girls... Ladies and gentlemen, ladles and jelly spoons, lots to talk about. Books, bras for kids, but more importantly, have you ever fallen down a well? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8 o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Charity Defends, Milton Keynes Homeless Shelter, Chemical Spillage in Royston and Council say Hertfordshire's roads will be ready for cycle races. BBC Three Counties Radio. The future of a homeless shelter for young people in Milton Keynes, which has a history of antisocial behaviour, will be decided tonight. Nearby residents have complained about drug-taking, drinking and vandalism at St Mungo's in, George, in St George's Street in Bletchley. Helen Denyer is the area manager for St Mungo's 
goes in Milton Keynes. We're sorry that we've had this reaction from, from some of the local neighbours to the proposals from the council, but we have had some, some really positive reaction from some of the people from Milton Keynes who visited a couple of our other projects um, in the local area. Firefighters from across Hertfordshire dealt with a chemical spillage at an industrial unit in Royston last night. They were called to Orchard Road at 6.45 by a member of staff after a spillage of 800 litres of chemicals. The scene was declared safe just after nine o'clock. There were no injuries. The specialist chemical response team from Hemel Hempstead attended, along with crews from Royston, Baldock, Hitchin and Stevenage. An American soldier has shot and killed three colleagues at the Fort Hood Army Base in Texas. The gunman who'd served in Iraq also wounded 16 others before shooting himself. Fort Hood was the scene of another shooting in 2009 when 13 people were killed by an army major. The education watchdog Ofsted is warning that nurseries and childminders are failing to equip thousands of young children with the skills they need to start primary school. Its chief inspector, Sir Michael Wilshaw, will use a speech this morning to call for a radical shake-up of early years education. If they don't start school well they do badly in reception they do badly at key stage one between five years of age and seven years of age and they don't read properly by the time they they reach the the sats test at the age of seven so this part of a, of a child's career is absolutely critical over 30 firefighters have been dealing with a blaze in Buckinghamshire overnight. They were called to the California Works in Downley just before 11.20 last night to tackle the fire which involved a number of small commercial buildings and a storage yard. Cycling clubs in Hertfordshire are criticising the state of the county's roads ahead of high-profile events. The Women's Tour of Britain arrives next month with the Men's Tour in Hemel Hempstead in September. Councillor Terry Doris, who's responsible for highways at Harts County Council, says money is available and problem areas have been identified. We're going out again in April um, to do a final check on the roads and the organisers and the escort group have identified three roads or three areas that we need to pay particular attention to to make sure that it's safe for the people who are taking part. In sport, Chelsea face an uphill task to reach the Champions League semi-finals after a 3-1 first leg defeat away to Paris Saint-Germain. The weather, some hazy sunshine this morning but cloudy this afternoon with isolated showers. A maximum temperature 18 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a traditional Bedfordshire market town. All this week, we're featuring Shefford and Chicksands. I do like the um, smaller shops, yeah. Lots of community things going on. There are over 90 clubs and organisations in Shefford. It's all about where you live. We're permanently fixed in Shefford now. We're quite happy with the town. The Big Tour. BBC Three Counties Radio. Just bear with me a second. I'm trying to find footage of um, radio presenter Ian Dale beating up an old man. Yep, found it. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about this morning. It started off a little quiet this morning, but boy, oh boy, oh boy, it's it's picking up, it's picking up. (laughs) 
So, we're talking about a homeless shelter that's uh, causing controversy with local residents. Would you put your eight-year-old in a leopard skin print bikini? And whose responsibility is it for kids to be learning to read and write when they're really young? Is it the carers? Is it the nurseries? No, of course it's not. It's the parents. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I've just seen a very nice text for Justin Dealey. Well, 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 next time we get, remind me when we get Justin on, I'll read this text to him. He'd appreciate it It, today. He'd he'd like a good comp, and it's it's a nice comp, so we'll we'll read that out later. Is it from Maz? Uh, No, it's from uh, Janet. Oh, so my mum. <laughs> yes, it could be. It could be. We'll read that later on. It's a nice little compliment for Justin, who deserves it. He's, uh, he's had a bit of good news recently. He's, if you want to see uh, Justin, well, he's in, the ra- he's in the Radio Times. We can say what the good news is. There's a nice little feature about he's him. He's a centrefold, isn't he? He's, uh, he's not quite a centrefold, but there's a nice little feature about him in the Radio Times, and we're all very proud of Justin, so well done him for that. Now, people living near a homeless shelter in Milton Keynes are trying to convince the council to close it down permanently. The future of St Mungo's in Bletchley will be decided tonight, with local residents arguing that the 16 to 21-year-olds it houses are making their lives a misery with drug-taking and criminal behaviour. Well, here's what one of the neighbours, Selina, told our reporter. We don't want it open. We've made it completely well known that none of us around here want it open. We're fighting a losing battle as far as we're concerned. No-one wants to hear. They're more interested in the young people than what they are, the residents who've... I've lived here for nearly 14 years, and it's been a children's home, problems. It's now this, problems. The main problem is the noise pollution, the language, the way they are with the elderly residents... We just don't want to... It's, it's not... For the area it is, there's a church, there's local shops, there's a school. It's not the right area to have something like this. Hopefully, we'll get it permanently closed. Well, Simon Green is housing manager at the Milton Keynes YMCA, which runs a similar service to the one that St Mungo's is operating in Bletchley. Uh, good morning, Simon. Uh, morning, Ian. Simon, why do young people, 16, 17, 18-year-olds, kids, why do they find themselves homeless? Uh, well, there's a, a whole variety of reasons, I guess. Obviously, um, each individual's got their own circumstances, <clears throat> lots of different um, backgrounds that, that would lead to people being homeless. I think one of the big issues um, in, in current times is that there's just a real shortage of housing generally. So there's a, a massive number of people who just can't find suitable housing options. But you would imagine, I would imagine, that, that you know, 18, 17, 16-year-olds would be living with their parents until they, you know, they, they could find a, a different place to live. That, that, that's obviously not happening. Well, obviously that's the case for most 16 and 17-year-olds, and um, that's obviously the preferred option. Um, and where that can happen, it does, and, and, and that's um, obviously the best circumstance. But, you know, there are people out there um, whose family backgrounds perhaps doesn't allow that. Uh, people that come from challenging and difficult backgrounds. Um, and it, it's those individuals, really, that are being helped through hostels such as um, St Mungo's. Do you have to turn people away, Simon? Yeah, we've got... Um, a, a, we're seeing an increase in number of people that we can't help. 
Um, so through our own hostel, we help about 250 people a year. And last year, we had to turn away 650 um, just because we didn't have the space to accommodate them. And that that's, is going up on average to 200 uh, people a year that we're Gosh. having to turn away. And what, what happens to the ones that you, you do turn away? Well, often um, people will continue to uh, try to access our service for a period of time. Um, a lot of those will... Um, Sofa surf, as we refer to it, so they will stay with friends, sleeping on couches, um, stay with family, sort of move around and a, a few nights here and a few nights there. And, of course, a few um, will be forced to sleep rough. If people want to find out more about your uh, service, Simon, and the help you offer, how, c- how can they get in touch? Well, we've, uh, the, the Facebook page is good, so the YMCA Facebook page. Um, or if people want to discuss our service, they're more than happy to um, contact me. So Simon Green at Milton Keynes YMCA. Um, you can get me on uh, 01908295600. Simon, best of luck. Keep up the good work. Simon Green, housing manager at the Milton Keynes YMCA. Joined now by the Green Party's Tony Mabbott, who sits on the West Bletchley Council. Tony, what's, what's your take on this situation with St Mungo's? Well, I mean, the, the, the problem that residents have is that um, for... Certainly since the start, the start of the century, they've actually had problems with this site. And it's gone through various owners and various uh, people trying to make it work. Um, but throughout that time, they've had to deal with antisocial behaviour. And it's, it's not really fair, and they've really had enough. You could understand, though, can't you, that, that places like this do help vulnerable young people who are in the, you know, there but for the grace of God, really. Oh, absolutely. We've got absolutely no problem. My Spletchy Council is absolutely supportive of the principle of, of this sort of site. What, what the problem we have is that various owners in the past uh, have actually demonstrated their inability to run it. And let's remember that only a few months ago, this application went to Milton Keynes Council and they rejected it. And instead of enforcing that rejection, like they do with a lot of other planning applications, they then just reheated it and resubmitted pretty much the same application with a few minor changes. What would you like to see happen? Well, I would like to see St Mungo's and the council sit together with residents uh, and with um, uh, West Fletcher Council and just try and find a way forward. We've got, we've got no problem with the principle of this site. We think it is important to look after difficult-to-reach young people who've had some difficult lives. But residents have had a terrible time. We don't believe, for example, the ratios are adequate. There's no doubt that um, people are they're out and about, they're on the roofs, they're, they're out and about in the local community. They're, we, as a community safety team in West Fletcher, we have picked up lots uh, of evidence of antisocial behaviour. You know, we want to deal with the problems behind that, not the, the specific individuals. We want uh, St Mungo's and Milton Keynes Council to take their responsibilities seriously, but sit down and talk to us and try and work out a way forward. Do you want it closed down like some of the residents do? Well, I think that there is no doubt that this application is going there tonight. It was already rejected a few months ago. We'll be arguing to reject it again. Uh, so, yes, I don't think this application is suitable, in which case, yes, it should be closed down. But what they've got to do is talk to us. Uh, what about, what about the, the, the... We just heard there from Simon Green that he's turning away 600 young people a year. What about those young people? Oh, there's got to be something to be done. It's not the, it's not the responsibility of 
uh, residents in St George's Road no. to take uh, to take on the responsibilities of Milton Keynes no. Council, of St Mungo's, and the government. Yeah, we all know that adult social care, particularly for young people, is massively underfunded. That needs to be dealt with. The real problem is this site isn't going to be any good for residents, uh, and it's not going to be any good for the people who are the young people who are being treated there either. They are not getting the support they need. Uh, they're not getting the, the relevant numbers of staff, the relative, relevant um, managerial support, which actually really supports them and helps them get on with their lives. So I don't think it's helping anybody, this particular application. And, and I'm amazed, really, that given it was thrown out so resoundingly uh, the last time it came to the Planning Committee, they just reheated the same thing. Tony, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much indeed. That's the Green Party's Tony Mabbott, who sits on West Bletchley Council. You can have your say. <laughs> Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Talking about eight-year-old kids wearing bikinis. Andy McClelland has tweeted something that I'm not even going to... I'm going to read it out. But I'm not going to give it a reply because it doesn't deserve a reply. Have you seen it? No. Weird views on young girls in bikinis. Sounds like Ian has a problem if he associates a bikini top with sex on an under eight. I'm just going to leave that there. When someone says something as ridiculous and as stupid as that, then it... I'm trying not to use the word stupid. When someone says something as ridiculous as that, it doesn't warrant a reply. Does that mean I've got a problem as well? Because I've also got a problem with children wearing high heels. Yeah. It doesn't, even, it doesn't even warrant... It, I'm just going to put this out there just to let you know, dear listener, that's the kind of uh, irrational argument, nonsensical, ill-conceived point that, that is made on Twitter. He wouldn't phone up and say that because he knows that he'd get torn apart. So thank you, Andy, for your contribution to the show. It's appreciated. 08459 455 555. Well, th- th- have you ever fallen down a well? Apart from Elizabeth Rizzini falling down a well in Qingchong in China, is that really a place, Qingchong? Apparently so. Qingchong in China. She wouldn't lie, would she? No, she wouldn't lie. Who lives there? Mr. Wang. It just probably. Sounds, it sounds like probably. It's a very common name. <laughs> it is. Um, apart from her falling down a well, it was a drain. Uh, we've not had that ma- many calls. Well, no, we haven't had any calls. No, okay. You have one text. Oh, 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 oh. Look in the text megamix I sent you. Oh, text megamix. Oh, Sarah in Luton. Thank you. I fell down a well after picking up some bread when living in Sudan. It took a little time for my friends to realise where I'd gone. <laughs> in that case, we keep it at Wells. We've had two well stories. So Sarah and Elizabeth have proved that there are legs to this phone in. Is that right? What do you suggest? What we we, do we go against our stuff morals? Stuff you've fallen down. Mm. We've all fallen down. Stuff you get more calls. But what do I know? Justin's doing a vox on wells in the middle of Luton. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you're the producer. Well, you can still call in with your well stories. But we're expanding it. What, what is it now? Stuff you've fallen down. Stuff you've fallen down. Do the call me now bit. Go on. Stuff you've fallen down. Call me now. 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise really heavy at stop-start between Junction 21 for the M1 and 22 for Chertsey. Uh, and... 
Sorry, that's actually 11 for Jersey. Oh, for goodness sakes. <laughs> Get Alice, please. I'm sorry. People are relying on you to guide them to work and to I Jersey, know. and you're giving out the wrong junction numbers. Junction 11 for Jersey. 11, that's okay. the one. Thank you. Uh, not being helped by earlier problems on the clockwise carriageway around junction 12. In Luton, the Newlands Road still closed near Church Road following an accident, making things much heavier than normal at the Kidneywood roundabout approaches. Also in Dunstable, the A5 is slow going in both directions. And on the speed sensors between Letchworth and the A1M, Letchworth Gate is heavy going as you approach the A1M. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. Oh, flippin' egg. We're not having Alicia's attic. Sorry, Jonathan. Kelly Bex is determined for us to play Alicia's attic today. What's going on? I don't know. Let me do the headlines and we'll, we'll, we'll okay. bond. We'll bond in a second. Right, it's 8.16. It's uh, Thursday, the 3rd of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The future of a homeless shelter for young people in Milton Keynes, which has a history of antisocial behaviour, will be decided tonight. Nearby residents have complained about drinking and vandalism at St Mungo's in St George's Street in Bletchley. Firefighters from across Hertfordshire dealt with a chemical spillage at an industrial unit in Royston last night. They were called to Orchard Road by a member of staff after a spillage of 800 litres of chemicals. And in sport, Chelsea face an uphill task to reach the Champions League semi-finals after a 3-1 first leg defeat away to Paris Saint-Germain. BBC Three Counties Radio. This Saturday sees us enter the last month of the season for all our local teams. Dini again makes it four! With plenty still to play for at both ends of the table, we'll bring you another four live games. games. Watford face a tough task at home to Burnley. MK Dons are away to Coventry. Stevenage continue their relegation fight at Shrewsbury. Yeah, we're starting to play League One football at last. And Luton push for the conference title at home to Aldershot. All four games live for you to choose from. Saturday from two in Three County Sport. Jonathan Vernon-Smith is here. Good morning. Nice to see you, fella. Why have you got uh, drugs in your hand? <laughs> you weren't supposed to mention that. I was going to give you some. You Really? I Come don't know. What are they? Come on. I guess a couple of pills. <laughs> what are these tablets coming out of a one blister of these, pack? One of these will make you feel small. The other will make you feel... I've got a bit of a headache. <laughs> I've got a little bit of a headache. Have you? Yeah. You in your head. Well, Kelly Betts is getting right on my wick this morning, constantly trying to play Alicia's Attic. Yes, they're local and vocal. They're the daughters of Brian Poole from Brian Poole and the Tremolos, who's a local resident. But I don't want to play them this morning. Well, don't play them then. Well, she keeps sneaking it into my computer, to me radio man. So I hit a button thinking we're going to go to the travel or, or something. And it's... and you end up having to play her silly song. <sighs> it's just giving me one of my heads. Just uh, r- really, all of that has given you a headache. Yeah, it's giving me one of my heads. Do you, wanna... you, you know what might be the problem? What? Perhaps your brain's too big for your head. Could be. Yeah. It's, uh, you right there? Oh, oh, hang on. You got it. Oh, don't, don't keep it in your mouth too long. You start to get the taste of the medicine. <clears throat> oh, dear. The worst one is when they bruise your, um... Oh, yes. That's horrible, isn't it? Yeah, terrible. What is that? I don't know. Kind of gets stuck down your throat. I like the thing about the brain being too big for the head. I've got a friend in Argentina. She's on a lot of drugs. Um, she's on so many drugs. In fact, she's got a pill-cutting machine and she sits at the breakfast table Gosh. cutting all of her tablets. A lot of Argentinians are on a lot of medication. Yeah, they just give it away willy-nilly. Yeah, and uh, she, can, she can take them all without any, any drink or anything. 
She puts about five in her mouth and just gulps. You've got to respect that. Down they go. You really have to... Um, She's re- full of it. Look up to people like that, don't you? <laughs> you reckon? I think, I think you do. She's like a combination of Eddie and Patsy from Ab Fab. I was listening to your show yesterday. Yes. There was one bit that I thought was um, wonderful listening. Also a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> Can I, can I say this? Yeah. It was in the consumer hour. Mm-hmm. It's when that woman was banging on about the bed. About a high bed. And I thought that the company had offered her a pretty decent deal. They're going to give her 70%. 70% back, yeah. Because her bed, she said, was a bit wonky and she'd slept in it. She'd it was used too it. high. She said it was too high. So high that she could hardly get in it without a little step ladder. <laughs> That just people were. F- it was obvious what you were saying made perfect sense. Except yeah. the offer, it's a good offer. <clears throat> yes. And people were phoning in, agreeing with her. And this poor woman. Oh well. Well, I'm, I'll be off then. I'm not going to win here, am I? <laughs> no. <laughs> really upset. She got very upset by it all. And I thought, but they, they come to you for advice. Mm. The advice you were giving, I thought, was excellent. People were agreeing with you. About the event. And I love the thing where she's going, well, I've not used it. Well, did you put sheets on it? Yes. Did you put pillows on it? Yes. Did you put a duvet on it? Yes. Did you sleep in it? Yes. Well, you've used the bed then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you've used it. Exactly. I thought you handled but, it very, very... I thought she was a little bit cold, a little bit rude, and I thought you handled oh, it very, very well. Oh, I don't mind. No, I know, but... I don't mind. You know, we're just trying to help her, really. Good. I do like your consumer. Thanks very much. Thing. What's on the show this morning from nine? Coming up on the big phone this morning, we're picking up on this nursery story. Oh, yes. yes. I'm going to be asking... Should all two-year-olds be sent to nursery to begin their education? The Chief Inspector of Ofsted, Sir Michael Wilshaw, says nurseries are not doing enough to prepare children for school. His answer? Fully qualified teachers should be placed in nurseries to lead sessions teaching toddlers how to read, write and add up. Well, the Children's Minister, Liz Truss, thinks this is a very good idea. And it's about time we followed the lead of countries like France, where very young children are given proper school education sessions. However, the Preschool Learning Alliance, which represents 14,000 early years providers, Mm. says we risk damaging children if we pile too much pressure on them to read and write from such a young age. Well, from nine this morning, I want your views on this. Should all two-year-olds be sent to nursery to begin their education? 08459 555. These people, the thing is, it's not when you go to nursery... Uh, and it could also happen at home, but when you go to nursery, it's they're not right. right it's nine thirty, children. Sit down. We're going to do maths. It'll be you'll have um, some Lego blocks, and they go right. I've got one, two, three green Lego blocks, and one, two blue. Well, how many red ones have I got? That's what it is. That's the kind of education that's being talked about. It's not you get your exercise books out now. Mm. It's crazy. It's fun. It's fun. The thing is, though, there there presumably are quite a lot of people who have children who don't send their children children to nursery and who try to do their very best at educating their children at home good for them um i mean is that not enough why should those parents who want to to just have their children at home allow them to play and allow them to educate them why should they have to send their children to nursery from the age of two to sit and take part in a kind of more formal learning oh no i agree i think i think it should start at home i think it should start at home from when they're born that you should you should be counting in front of them and sat with a book and let them see you reading books Mm. and they can pick up books I, i think that should begin at home I was round at uh, at some friends the other day. Did they have children? Uh, yes. You hate children, don't you? No, I do not hate children. I hate badly behaved children. Okay, I'm, I'm with you on that. So, uh, little Martha, who's... What's well, a nice name. She's very little, yeah. and she was making, with a pair of scissors, she was making some chips out of uh, greaseproof paper. Oh, good. And she said, look at this, Donphan. Tips. So she passed me this mug, and I said, Martha, they don't look anything like chips. Start again. <laughs> 
I wish my my friend Claire said, Jonathan, she's only little. I said, yes, but you've got to teach her. They look nothing like chips. Martha, throw them away and start again. And I showed her how to do it. I said, now that looks like a chip. Good for you. Do them like that. Good for you. And she did. And she made proper looking chips. That's all it takes. That's, That's education. A little nudge. You don't need small children making what they say are chips that look nothing like chips whatsoever. My little boy who's four, he was playing with some Lego the other day and he's been really naughty and so I told him off Mm. and he said something under his breath. Ooh. And I heard what he said. I said, what did you say? Nothing. And I heard what he said. He went, oh, Jesus. (gasps) Of four. Of four? Oh, Jesus. And I'm thinking, all right, this is... Where's he picked that up Well, I'm thinking this is an important moment in in my parenting relationship with him. Mm. I've got to get this right. What did you say? Nothing. What did you just say? I said, Jesus. Why did you say that? Is it because Daddy told you off? No. Then why did you say it? Well, I'm making a cross out of Lego, and we were learning about the baby Jesus in school today. He was just saying Jesus because he'd made um, a crucifix out of Lego. Right. So he wasn't... So you nearly chastised him for blasphemy, when in fact he was just being accurate. <laughs> he was being very accurate. Thank you very much. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Got some texts on uh, kids learning at school and learning at nursery and learning at home. We'll do that. We'll probably do that after half past eight now because we've got a lot to cram in uh, between now and nine o'clock, including cycling. Cycling. The Cycling's Tour of Britain is coming to our patch with the women racing through Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire next month, while the men head for Buckinghamshire and Hertfordshire in September. Apparently it's big news in the world of bikes. The trouble is, our roads are a dangerous uh, embarrassment. That's according to local cycling clubs. They say someone's liable to come a cropper unless the council gets cracking with fixing it. Well, Lionel Burney is uh, from Hertfordshire. He's a cycling journalist and the co-editor of the Cycling Anthology. Uh, Good morning to you, Lionel. Good morning, Ian. How perilous are the potholes in our area? Well, it has to be said the roads are in a pretty bad state. We've had uh, a a number of consecutive bad winters, haven't we? We had a couple of very, very cold ones with a lot of snow, and then this winter we've had an awful lot of rain, and uh, just the the amount of water that's got under the surfaces has cracked the tops of a lot, particularly the sort of the back lanes, but also the A roads and the B roads that are heavily used by traffic are breaking up. And I have noticed, to be fair to local authorities, there's quite a bit of patch-up work going on at the moment um, around the lane, certainly where I live near St Albans. Um, but yeah, it's not just a, um, a matter of concern for cyclists, it's all road users really. The, the state of the roads um, is a problem. Um, if you're just driving along, you know, you, can, you, you can't go more than a few hundred metres on some stretches of road without hitting a pretty big pothole or having to, having to swerve to avoid one. And how dangerous can they be for cyclists? Well, they are more dangerous for cyclists simply because a bike, um, even on a mountain bike or, or a sort of a commuting bike, which has got uh, fatter wheels and, and heavier duty tyres, um, you know, a big pothole of, uh, you know, even two or three inches can cause quite a serious jolt. Um, And I think the issue is particularly um, cyclists mixing with the other road traffic. The difficulty for cyclists is you've got to stay in a a position on the left-hand side, haven't you, as a cyclist? And if there's a pothole in your course, often... You know, you, you don't want to have to swerve out into the main area of the carriageway, into the, um, you know, where the, where the cars and the trucks and the vans are. Um, so you, you're often having to look, 
you know, quite a long way ahead and anticipate exactly what's uh, what's coming up. Um, and and sometimes they are unavoidable. And and punctures are a, an increasing problem because uh, you know a big jolt can can flat a tyre very easily. I don't get cycling, Lionel. I just I, the only times I've done it, it's it's hurt my calves and my buttocks. Sell it to me. What's so what's so good about it? Well, at the start, that is exactly what happens. It does hurt the calves and the buttocks, I'm afraid. But once you get over that that initial kind of um, you know, once once the pain uh, subsides and you start to feel the benefits of just being out in the fresh air, although obviously we've got the air pollution problem apparently at the moment, not that I've necessarily noticed that from being out, but once you're out in the fresh air, in the sunshine, in the lanes, it's the most liberating way to travel, um, or, uh, you know, for leisure, or if you're a bit more competitive, you can really get the blood pumping, you know, you're not in a gym sort of breathing in everybody else's sweaty air, um, staring at, you know, MTV or whatever happens to be on the screen, Oh no, waiting, no, Lionel! Waiting, you, waiting for the waiting for your you, go on a certain talk. You've machine. just shown your age now by saying MTV <laughs> for goodness sakes. I know they show loose women now, don't <laughs> they? I don't know. <laughs> they, they do show loose women. <laughs> uh, and finally, these events coming to the three counties—it's it, it, big news, isn't it, in the world of cycling? Oh, fantastic! I mean, the Tour of Britain is coming to Hemel Hempstead in September. The Women's Tour of Britain is uh, in Bedford, as you said, Milton, uh, Bedford and Welling Garden City area. Um, you know, these events are increasingly a great revenue generator for um, the local authorities that bid to host starts and finishes because simply because cycling is now so popular the number of people that will be in those towns when those events are on um, will be significant and I think having covered the whole of the Tour of Britain the last few years and seen um, you know the benefits and the buzz that it's brought to other towns around the country um, it's great that it's coming so close to uh, my doorstep. Really. Lionel we've got 30 seconds I'm a big, big fan of podcasts give yours a little plug Well yeah we do the cycling podcast uh, a weekly uh, roundup it's kind of the professional event so you know Bradley Wiggins is uh, you know trials and tribulations in the world of professional cycling um, and it's downloadable on iTunes and what's it called? it's called The Cycling Podcast beautiful excellent stuff Lionel thank you very much indeed travel news for beds cards and bugs BBC Three Counties Radio on the M25, anti-clockwise, there are queues between Junction 19 for Watford and 16 for the M4. Also, the M1 southbound, a heavy going between Junction 10 for Luton and 9 for Redbourne. In Luton itself, the Newlands Road is closed near to Church Road following an accident. That's having an impact and making things much heavier than normal around the Kidneywood roundabout still. Also on the speed sensors at the Clophill roundabout, all approaches there looking very congested. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. I'm just having a, a Twitter war with some bloke called Jason Reynolds from Radio Marsden. Be with you in a second. Oh, stop it! For goodness sakes. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The future of a homeless shelter for young people in Milton Keynes, which has a history of antisocial behaviour, will be decided by councillors tonight. Nearby residents have complained about drug-taking, drinking and vandalism at St Mungo's in St George's Street in Bletchley. Firefighters from across Hertfordshire dealt with a chemical spillage at an industrial unit in Royston last night. They were called to Orchard Road by a member of staff after a spillage of 800 litres of chemicals. And cycling clubs in Hertfordshire are criticising the state of the County's roads ahead of high-profile events. The Women's Tour of Britain arrives next month. The Men's Tour is in Hemel Hempstead in September. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Chelsea face an uphill task to reach the Champions League semi-finals after a 3-1 first leg defeat away to Paris Saint-Germain. Chelsea manager Jose Mourinho unhappy with his side's performance. We made individual mistakes in areas where um, for the whole season the guys perform and um, we had no problems. So they have the right to make their mistakes because we have other players that they make mistakes the whole season. Also last night, Gareth Bale and Cristiano Ronaldo were among the scorers as Real Madrid beat Dortmund 3-0. Milton Keynes-Dons' faint playoff hopes are fading fast after Peterborough beat Colchester 2-0 last night to strengthen their position in sixth in League One. Peterborough six points clear of the Dons with a game in hand. Sri Lanka faced the West Indies today in the first semi-final at Cricket's World 2020 and Racing's three-day Grand National Festival gets underway at Aintree today ahead of the big race on Saturday. This afternoon's feature is the Aintree Hurdle at 3.05. Here's Cornelius Lysett. The perception is perhaps that Aintree is solely about Saturday's Grand National, but the supporting card has grown and grown over the years, and Sam Twiston Davis's mount the new one, who put in a storming performance to be third in the champion hurdle at the Cheltenham Festival, having been impeded, is not the only star name on show today. He faces a field including ex-champion hurdler Rock on Ruby, while in the Bowles steeplechase, Dinast, a winner at Cheltenham, is joined in the lineup by Gold Cup fourth Sylvaniaco Conti and last year's winner of this, First Lieutenant. Meanwhile, we'll get the list of 40 horses for the Grand National soon after 10 this morning. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Okay, so we're talking um, about carers, childminders and nurseries should be more responsible for kids learning to read and do math. I don't think they should. I think it should be. The owner should be on the parents from day one. From day one. Mark in Bedford says, I I was a primary school teacher. At my first parents' evening, a mother asked for some advice. Her son in year two was late to school every day because he wouldn't get out of bed until his favourite programmes had finished. What? I suggested she throw the telly out of the window. Tom in London. Uh, That's ridiculous. Young children should be playing and having fun. In Sweden, a country famous for its excellent education system, children don't start school until six. They also provide excellent cheap childcare until then. Very cheap childcare in Sweden. But they can still be learning before six. You learn before you go to school. You learn at home. You sit down and you do. we do the the, uh, letters with dots. And we get the, the eldest to join up the dots and make the letters. He can, he can write his name. He's four. When you go to the shops, you say, right, can you see the apples? Yeah. You show me where the apples are. Yeah. What colour is this apple? Yeah. How many have we got? Can you yep. count them out for me? Yeah, that's just with your husband. I'm talking about the kids. <laughs> so. He can't do that. It's too strenuous. <laughs> He's got to be careful because of the uh, pollution. Uh, Ian, regarding reading books, I've read books and let my son explore books since he was born. This time to spend reading to your child is an absolute cornerstone to the start of learning and it's definitely down to the parents to infuse that in your children, says Lee and Sandy. It's also the fact that these are your books. These aren't things that are uh. waiting for you to grow up enough for them, for grown-ups to give to you. These are your books. Read them. Drives me crackers. It does drive me crackers. Uh, and also, if you go to most libraries now, the ones that are left, most of them have got brilliant kids sections and you haven't got to be really quiet in them anymore. When I was a kid, I used to get kicked out of the library for making too much noise. Turns out you're allowed to make as much noise in a library as you want. So go to the library. Tell you what I remember from being a child going to the library, they had, they had storytellers. Yeah. More of those, come on. There's, yeah, there's, a lot, there's quite a few of those things going on. That's kind of cool. I like those kind of stuff. So. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. We are asking, have you ever fallen down a well? Have you ever fallen down something? 
Have you ever fallen down something? 08459 455555. Getting a load of abuse on Twitter from um, some, some bloke called Jason who's having a go at me uh, for... Um, have you ever fallen down a well? Call Ian Leon. Oh, for, this sums up the quality of BBC Local Radio in 2014. Jason, I'll have you know, and I'm not banging on about it, but go and look at the tweets about me yesterday, fella. Have a little look at those tweets from yesterday. Go and have a little look at those and then uh, come back uh, and apologise. And um, there's a... Oh, dear. There's a, a, a Twitter um, feed called Not Very Good Radio Tweets. Now, the, it, it doesn't actually say not very good. It says sh- shocking. It doesn't say shocking. It says, you know what it says, radio tweets. And they've retweeted, have you ever fallen down a well? Welcome to the club, Ian. Guys, it's a great topic. Why am I going to get problems? It's a great topic. We've had two excellent stories about people falling down wells around the world. Do you know what I really love? People trying to be clever when they clearly don't get it. Yeah. I love that we're part of a club. You know, <laughs> no, it's it's sh- not very good radio tweets club. Still a club. Yeah, actually, it's kind of Let's quite get cool. Facts. Yeah, all right. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. There is nothing wrong with that topic. Now earlier on, uh, we took a call from Dennis in Luton. Right in Hawkering, there's a block of flats, thirteen storey high. Yes. For the last five weeks, five times a day, five fire engines go to this blo- this block because the alarms, smoke alarms, are going off because it's a sheltered building. Right. The firemen are cheesed off of it, but they've got to go there, and it's their job. Yeah. Now, the, the thing is, who can stop all this or look into it? Because this must be costing the council taxpayers thousands of, a day. Well, the reason that this was happening, said uh, Dennis, was because uh, old people were cooking chips or maybe an egg and then falling asleep. Well, who can look into this? Only one man. Justin Dealey. Good morning, Justin. <laughs> Good morning, boss. You Justin, well? Yeah, I'm fine. Whereabouts are you? I'm uh, in Hockwell Ring in Lucerne. Uh, it's uh, Ackworth Crescent. Behind me, I can see these uh, two blocks of flats. They are 14 storeys high. Uh, huge blocks of flats here. Um, clearly a problem, according to what uh, Dennis was saying there. I've got a call in to Bedfordshire and Lucerne Fire and Rescue. Um, hopefully some form of comment from them uh, before nine this morning. But, Ian, I've also been talking to local residents about this problem. Yeah. I spoke to a lady a moment ago and here's what happened. Well, Madge, we're here just outside uh, the block of flats. Um, how many times are you seeing the fire brigade here on a daily basis? Five to seven times. Five to Five seven times, times a day? Uh, yes, up as far as ten o'clock at night. They were there this morning at seven. So have you spoken to the fire brigade about this? No, no, just uh, I had a wee chat to one of the, fire, the chiefs and they said that you know, it's gonna, they're going to have a hefty bill to pay for this. For coming out all the time, and they're just standing inside. They can do nothing. Mm. They just know it's a false call. But so, they must come. They told me. So nobody's being evacuated. It's, no, it's just no. simply the fire alarms going yes. off, caused by food or smoke. Or well, they just don't know what it is. But we think, I think, and a few more think, it's because they're smoking. It's just the people that smoke in the flat more yeah. so than the other, you know than. Well, my wee friend, the lady I do now, she doesn't smoke, but hers has not went off yet at all. Mm. No. So, but I mean, they were here this morning at seven. Uh, when, I, when I came first, I come here about six to do two or three old deers. Then I'm back again now to do some of the shopping and the breakfast. And uh, I suppose I'll be back again about ten. I was say, they're going 12. five to seven times a day. They should be here yes, soon. Yes, they, you'll probably will see them coming. And how many fire engines are here? Well, now they've cut it down to two. One up the front and one up the back. 
round the back. But of late, the two's been going round the back because that's where the water hose is. Yeah. That they can get the water if it is a fire. I mean, something's got to be done because you have. Y- you mentioned about this hefty bill five to seven times every single day. Yes. Somebody's yes. got to look into the alarm system yes. here because every single that, call is a false that's call. That's right. That's what they're all saying in here. They're, I mean, you should speak to some of all the, the older residents. They're here a long time. Not, not my only live across the road right enough, but my window's just there and I see them coming all the time and we hear them and I say, oh, not again, but they've stopped doing the siren. Because they just come flying in and flying out again. Mm. But they used to come in hailing the fire. One would come one night and Saturday night alone there was five of them plus the big emergency one. Which that, that's the one they say. Well I am an ex nurse myself. Yeah. But that's what they say if it's a medical, they get them into that before our own ambulances are looking indunceable. Mm. So I mean we talked to all the old boys with a bit of fun with them, you know. Well you've but explained it, it very well to me. Clearly there's a problem here. We shall look into it. Thank you very much for your time, Adam. Thank you very much. That's all right. Bye bye. Well it does sound like there is a big problem then. And D- D- Dennis was right to flag this up. Absolutely. I mean I wonder how many other people listening to this right now live in a, a huge block of flats uh, and they've experienced problems in the past. But as I mentioned uh, I've got a call into Bedfordshire and Lewisham Fire and Rescue. Um, as soon as I phoned, they said, oh, Hockwell Ring, yep, yep, we're certainly aware of the problems there. If they're coming here five to seven times Gosh. a day, that's going to be costing a lot of money. Uh, people aren't being evacuated, but I suppose uh, the fire service can't take a chance. Uh, a lot of people live in these uh, huge blocks of flats, and uh, even if it is a false alarm, they've got to come here I think uh, they just have, to make sure. Don't they have a legal obligation if it's a, a, an old people's home uh, or, or there are old people living there? I think they have a legal obligation to go if the alarm goes off. I think so. I think so. But as I say, hopefully before nine o'clock this morning, um, you should be talking to somebody from Bedfordshire and Lewisham Fire and Rescue about this particular problem. Fingers crossed. Now, Justin, I also asked you this morning to find out if you could find anybody who's fallen down a well. Who did you speak to? Um, Nobody yet, but uh, boss, can you leave it with me? Is that okay? I've got, what, 17 minutes to go? uh, I'll find somebody. When have I ever let you down? You're absolutely right, J-Dog. Yeah, I look exactly. Forward, I look forward to hearing it later on. Thank you. Ta-ta, boss. There we go. Justin Dealey. Oh, Justin! Yeah? Do we know who's on your, what's happening on your show on Saturday morning yet? Yes, yes. Uh, who's this? Who are you? Dave. Oh, hello, Dave. Dave You're right. Luton. I'm Dave from Luton. I thought he's banned. Are you banned? Yeah, dead. He's, oh, he's banned. Right, OK. It's one of your bank calls. Well, morning don't to you as don't well, let so. him on. No, I won't do. Um, this weekend, yeah, between 9 and 12 on Saturday morning, three hours of great songs and great memories. This weekend, I'll be talking to the guys from Foreigner. Oh, really? Yes, absolutely. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, I know. I know. I've been waiting for a girl like you, Ian. I've been waiting <laughs> for a girl like you to come into my life. I want to know what love is. Oh, Ian, do you know what? You're as cold as ice. Hey! Was that foreigner then? Yeah, it was. Okay, yeah. go, 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 go. Okay, You're as cold as ice, willing to sacrifice. How come you got them? That's a big act. The other week you had Mike McCart- uh, Paul McCartney's brother. Listen, I'm a big deal. Wowzers. Just because, you know, I haven't been nominated for one of these awards, I'm still a big deal. <laughs> there we go. Well, good, Justin. You are a big deal. I look forward to listening to that. David's in Letchworth. Morning, David. Uh, tell Justin not to give up his daily job. Uh, yeah, I know. I mean, with a voice <laughs> like that, really. David, have you ever fallen down a well? No, but I've fallen down a sinkhole Be- that was in the back of my, my back garden. A sinkhole? Mm. And we've heard lots about sinkholes recently. They're very popular at the moment. What, yeah, what happened? Yeah, 12 years ago. Blimey, what happened? Um, I'd moved up to uh, a village in Bedfordshire and basically um, I had a converted barn. And uh, with all the rain that must have been going on at the time... 
I uh, <clears throat> just went out in the garden and I felt the <clears throat> grass under me a bit soft. Yeah. So I just pushed it, and the next thing, the whole lot around me, probably around about eight foot wide, and I went straight through it. Oh, blimey. With the, uh, with the um, clothesline, so I was hanging on to that. <laughs> <laughs> was it a and, rotary clothesline or a straight one? Uh, it was it was rotary, but it wasn't straight by the time I'd finished hanging oh, on to mate. it. Oh, <laughs> mate. How terrifying was that? Very scary, actually, because I went down about ten feet, eight to ten feet, um, and then yeah, she went off on, a, on a, an angle, and when they came round and uh, the assessor came round, they said it went off to about 25 feet down. So I was, I, I was okay. Obviously I, I mean, we, we're laughing, bruised. but you, you, you could actually have been killed. If you'd, have fought, if you'd have gone all the way down and then you got a bit of earth I on top of you. Buried. I would have been buried. Yeah. But, I'd, but I lost my... Um, I had a quite an expensive watch on on my wrist because oh, obviously no. going out to work. Yeah. And uh, I lost that, and then about six years later, a guy actually found it for me. Really? Um, How did he find house, it? Yeah. Um, he, had a, he had a metal detector, and he had, like, a torch on it. Brilliant. And he just put it down this slot, and they, they found it for me. Brilliant. And, uh, yeah, Isn't that funny? How did you get out of the hole? Could you climb out, or did someone have to come and throw you no, down I, um, I was, some bed sheets? I was screaming, because it was all uh, mud, and then lots of... It was, it was gravel that had uh, been put, put into this hole. Yeah. Because um, it, was, it was basically my gar- back garden was the drainage for the other... Uh, converted barns. Wow. And obviously, uh, it just obviously uh, dislodged it all. David, I... No, I had to get the neighbour to come around and get me out. Flipping it. David, <laughs> I, I appreciate your story. Thank you. Wowzers. Flipping it. That, I mean, that's terrifying. Well done for opening up the, uh, the, the subject from Wells to anything. Well, that's what you To get. anything, yeah. That was good. Hey, guess who's tweeted me? Guess. Um, um, Scott Balcony. Nah, well, yeah, constant. Tony Mortimer. Paul McCartney's uh, brother. No, no, no. Keris Matthews. No. Breakfast Jason, give no, us a clue. No, 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 no. I'll, that I'll give you, I'll from give, No, 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 no. I'll give you a clue. Okay. Um, shout it from the rooftop, shout it out. Baby, I'm ready to go. What's her name from Republica? Yes. Saffron. Saffron's Saffron. tweeted me. Saffron, what's her name? She just goes by Saffron like Madonna. Oh. Yeah, yeah, oh. she's tweeted me. What's she she said, morning, Ian. Great to hear from you. I tweeted her first. Oh. We nearly did a radio show together. Yeah, why didn't that happen? Let's do it now. <gasps> so one of you oh. is going to be replaced by Dealey? Saffron. It's going to be one of the girls. Going to have too many girls on it. Oxley. So what I'll let you do mm. is I'll, while the, while we're doing the travel, you fight about it. No, 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 no. I'll I'll take the day off. Yeah. No, it's I, not the day. No. Sacrifice. It's not the day. Guys. It's a it's a permanent fit thing. Oh, anyway, I'll let's take, let's I'll have take the Kelly, rest of my life. If off. I'm honest, Kelly, you're mm. kind of my favourite out of the two. So let's do the travel. For beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are queues on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 19 for Watford and 16 for the M40. Also on the speed sensors, the A1M southbound is slow through Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. In Hitchin itself, there are queues on the A505 and the A602 as you head towards the centre of town. And we've still got problems in Luton. The Newlands Road is closed next to the golf course near Church Road. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. She annoyed me with that. Stop 
putting Alicia's Attic into the playlist, for goodness sakes. Helen Lee has just messaged, do you know that Alicia's Attic are local? Well, one of them lives in Milton Keynes, I think. Yeah, they're Brian Paul's daughters. Play it. So I'm not. No, I don't have to play it. And, and Helen, I'm sorry if it sounded like I was angry with you. I'm not. But I would really appreciate it, Helen, if you wouldn't encourage Kelly. Let's have this conversation off air. We're doing the news now. Eight forty-seven. It is uh, Thursday, the third of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The future of a homeless shelter for young people in Milton Keynes, which has a history of antisocial behaviour, will be decided tonight. Firefighters from across Hertfordshire dealt with a chemical spillage an industrial unit in Royston last night. They were called to Orchard Road by a member of staff after a spillage of 800 litres of chemicals. And in sport, Chelsea face an uphill task to reach the Champions League semi-finals after a 3-1 first leg defeat away to Paris Saint-Germain. We'll be taking your calls and your stories about ever falling down a well. But before that, let's get the weather with... What? Am I supposed to say that? Wellabeth. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> Too easy. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you again. It's um, it's going to be a day very similar to yesterday, I suspect. There's some brightness, some spells of hazy sunshine around. We'll continue to see that for the rest of the day. Most places will stay dry for most of the day as well, with just the risk of perhaps one or two light showers falling at times. And that risk will become a bit more significant, I think, as we head into this evening when we could see some heavier showers. But mostly dry today. The air pollution levels are still pretty bad, actually, because we've still got that southeasterly wind, but things are going to change overnight. It's still warm today and in the best of that hazy sunshine we're probably looking at 18 or 19 degrees. That's 66 in Fahrenheit. Overnight tonight then a few showers around. The wind gradually shifting to more of a southwesterly and that is going to bring in some fresher air from the Atlantic so the air quality levels will improve into tomorrow. Temperatures down to around 8 or 9 degrees. A dry start to the day. In fact dry for much of the rest of the day with the risk of a few showers at times yes but most places dry with some good spells of brightness. Some sunny spells just feeling a bit cooler than it is today uh, with highs of only 14 or 15 degrees and it's looking quite unsettled over the course of the weekend Uh, quite a lot of cloud around mostly dry on Saturday actually with some rain on Sunday that's the forecast it's not even funny anymore it's just annoying Local and vocal across beds hearts and bucks this is Chetham he doesn't work here This is Chetan oh, Partick. Oh, goodness sakes. Uh, this is Chetan Partick. On BBC. Oh, no, that was the right one. Oh, nuts. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a lovely little town. The people are all friendly. I just like the whole place. I just like where it is. You know, it's nice and quiet. Inviting everyone to where you live. I do like the um, smaller shops, yeah. And all this week, we're featuring Shefford and Chicksands. We're permanently fixed in Shefford now. We're quite happy with the town. I love it. I live in Clifton, but I wish I lived in Shefford. If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. Lovely properties, 13th century village that has is full of character and lovely people. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Sorry, is this... Uh, got some texts about kids uh, learning at nursery and uh, childminders. I really think that the early learning for children starts at home. Of course it does. 
And any parent who doesn't think that is a bad parent. From pretty much as soon as you get them, you should be counting their toes, you know, sitting with a book in front of them. You do these things. When, when they get older, you, you try your best to get them to sit at the table to eat a meal. You don't, our boys never sit with food on their laps watching the telly. Never. Would never. I might, do you know what? I wouldn't mind them doing it once or twice. My wife is dead against it, so we don't do it. They sit at the table and they eat their meal. Now, sorry, what, what are you doing? I, I was having you, a sulk. What are you having a sulk for? I'm all right now. It's only a sulk if people know about it, and I thought you'd gone to the toilet. Just having a few minutes by myself. You were just hiding around the corner? Yeah, just having a sulk. Why? Well, you said something very hurtful. Um, we occasionally have a carpet picnic. You eat carpet? No. We will get a pizza and we'll sit and we'll get a blanket out, a picnic blanket. And we will eat while we are sitting on the floor. Don't tell my missus. I know, but we occasionally do that, yeah. and it is a treat. Do they sit at the table most of the time, though? Every time. No telly on. Yeah. Do they sit in front of the telly eating with their food on their laps? The carpet picnic. Yeah. Yes. So at the carpet picnic. But yeah. that's the only time you do it. Yeah. Fair enough. Fine. It's a nice little treat. But it's basic to get them to sit at the table. And it's not always possible. They're kids, and of course they're going to get up, and they're going to get... But you, 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 can't, you, you make that the norm. Well, if that's what happens at home, then you can take them to restaurants. You can yep. take them wherever you want, exactly. and yours aren't the ones running round and getting under everyone's feet. I want each other people's nerves. My, my boys, if we go to a restaurant, yeah. okay, uh, the, the youngest one still kind of gets a bit restless. Uh, if he runs around, we put him down, we sit him down. If he runs around a second time, we'll put him down, sit him down. If he runs around a third time, one of us will take him out. We'll say no, and we'll, we'll explain to him why we're taking him out because that behaviour is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's hard when they're two. Of course, it's hard when they're two. They want to run around. Okay, we'll go. We'll go and run around the corner. You, the rest of your family, can finish their meal. I've been in restaurants where the only person eating their dinner in peace are the parents because yeah. their children are off playing no. in between the tables. No, we don't. We don't do that. Uh, we've got some texts here. Uh, Mark in Bedford, there was a school that was criticised by Ofsted because the children were not all uh, adept with a knife and fork. This surely is the job of the parents, not the teachers. There must be some parental responsibility to bringing up a child. Well, yeah, of course. Karen says, Ian, kids already do maths at nursery, i.e. counting out the milks or playing and identifying shapes, etc. They need to play and learn, not structured maths lessons. My great-niece in Australia started school in January and is six next week. Uh, and Heather, near Aston Clinton, says, I've read to my 28-month grandson since he was tiny. It's a good excuse for a cuddle. Of course it is. If nothing else, it's a good excuse for having a kid sitting on your lap, which is brilliant. Sheila's in St Albans. Good morning, Sheila. Good morning. Sheila, I'm getting angry now. I know, well, this, this is a slightly funny story. Go on, then. Um, children's games, um, yes. I think they're, they're a great idea because you can have fun and you, you interact with them. And I was with my goddaughter and her mum. We were playing a little game where you had these chickens and you had to collect the baby chickens, you know. Oh, yes. You threw a dice and you'd get one and you'd move two or you'd have three and yes. it'd be two. And I thought to myself while I was playing this game, you know, afterwards, I said, oh, God, doesn't go up any higher than three. Uh, is something wrong with the dice? You know, it's yeah. loaded. Um, and then when I looked at the end, it only had three as the highest number, so you couldn't get any higher. Sheila, <laughs> you were bamboozled by a child's game. But it, but but the thing is, you see, um, from the child's point of view, being very young, three was probably high enough for them to count numbers to. You know, at You're, the time, it's as we all know, it's the magic number, Sheila. Yeah. Thank you very much indeed for that story. 
555 is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call, although we are running slightly out of time. But John, I know that Jonathan will be continuing the, um, the theme of should children be sent to nursery to learn. Catherine, what's happening? Something's happening. What's happening? We had a phone call earlier from band Dave in Luton. Yep. So we dispatched Justin Dealey. Justin, I think, um, is listening in, but he's done a sterling job this morning. We've managed to get hold of Simon Barker from Beds and Luton Fire and Rescue to see what's going on with this high-rise in Hockwell Ring, where apparently the fire alarms are going off five, six times a day. Well, let's speak to Simon Barker. Good morning, Simon. Good morning. Thanks for joining us at short notice, which was brought to our attention by a listener. What is the situation in in, in this high-rise? Um, well, the, uh, the fire alarm system uh, is being revamped by the local authority, um, and that's caused us some issues in terms of um, false alarm actuations, to the point where we've actually been going out sometimes upwards of five times a day to what our false alarm calls. Gosh. And that's expensive, isn't it? Uh, it's, well, it's not just about the expense, it's about the number of mobilisations on blue lights, because obviously, with a high-rise, we mobilise a number of fire engines. And, of course, we're putting the public at additional risk yeah. um, with and, all the mobilisations. And um, I, Am I right in thinking that, that you can't refuse to go? If it's, some, if it's a place like this, the, the fire brigade has to go? Um, we would always make an attendance to a high-rise. Yes, we'll always make an attendance mm. to a high-rise. Uh, all of our response is based upon risk, uh, and that's risk to the public when we're responding and obviously risk to the occupants of, uh, of places when we actually attend. So. Um, and this has happened since the local authority changed the fire alarms, is that right? Um, it's the, post, the process is, is that the, the fire alarm system, I believe, is, is obviously come to the end of its life, obviously right. have, a, have, a, have, a, have a life. Um, and whilst they are replacing the fire alarm system, which they are trying to do as quickly as they possibly can, and we've obviously worked very closely with them, um, we've just been getting lots of false alarm calls from faulty uh, detectors, etc., within the flat. And is uh, it faulty um, detectors, Simon, or is it, as we've heard from, from someone, it's, it's old people cooking some chips or an egg and then falling asleep? Or, or you're saying it's actually the fault of the detectors? No, they, 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 that sort of call would be a, a, what we would generally call, you know, if, if somebody's actually cooking stuff and falling asleep, to us, that's a proper incident, that is a right. fire. You know, we wouldn't. We would. We would. We would um, respond accordingly. The, the, this sort of actuation is actually where they are replacing the system, right. um, and the detect the detect system itself is, is is coming up with faults. Any idea when this is going to be sorted out, Simon? Well, we've again been working closely with the local authority. One of our own, our own deputy chief officer was down there um, at, at the actual property itself yesterday, assessing the risk, looking at what um, our attendance should be. And we believe the local authority are trying to resolve this as soon as possible. But you obviously need to speak to them okay. uh, to get an actual date. We'll chase up. Simon, I really appreciate you coming on so quickly. Thanks very much for your time, mate. OK. No there we go. Simon Barker from Beds and Luton Fire and Rescue. Justin, very quickly, mm. d- we've got 20 seconds. Yeah. Did you find anybody who'd fallen down a well? Yeah. Yes, but uh, sadly we're out of time. <laughs> and I've got a text for you from <laughs> Janet. Yeah, go on. Mr Lee, please tell Justin how much I enjoyed reading his profile in the Radio Times. Ah, yes. What a handsome chap he is and so talented. Yes, I am the, uh, I'm the face behind the voice in this month's Radio Times. I don't like talking about it, but uh, yes. Yeah, I talk about you were running around all day yesterday <laughs> shoving it under people's noses it's nice to be asked of course you were in there what last year so yes. it's nice to be in there as well it's a very very nice piece and you come over very well justin excellent stuff today thank you for getting to that story as quickly as you did travel news for beds hearts and bugs bbc three counties radio 
Queues on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 19 for Watford and 16 for the M40. The A1M southbound still looking really slow through Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. In Luton, Newlands Road is closed next to the golf course after an accident, making things slower than usual around the Kidneywood roundabout. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. Sorry, I didn't give you much time. Well done. That's it. That's your lot. JVS is up next. It should be a corking three hours. Until tomorrow at six from me and everyone here on the show. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Thursday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, should all two-year-olds be sent to nursery to begin their education?